Let's get started. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Do not attempt to adjust your down. I'm transmitting live. Yo, let's get down to business. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Right. Through the underground world, every street and world. You may learn something. You are now listening to the Joe Rogan Experience, Experience with Chico, Simon, Kamar, and your host, Matt Floyd. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience, Experience. My name is Matt Floyd, joined as always by Kamar. Welcome to the party. And Simon. Hello, gentlemen. What we do here is very simple. The three of us have listened to every episode of the Joe Rogan Experience this week. We're going to rate each episode as well as the week on a scale of one to five Jamie Vernons. We're then going to talk about each guest. The talking points give our opinions, this, that, and the next. Tough day for our nation. No one died, but while well, the team died rev, on the field. Rev, 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 yeah, we have officially been knocked out of the World Cup. tournament of upsets, we weren't able to do that. But we scored our first World Cup final goal ever, so I guess that's That'll be something. a Canadian heritage moment. Yeah, part of our heritage. Fonzie. Kamara. Pathetic. That's what I have to say. Yeah. First thing we do is we uh, go over the new patrons. Were there any, Kamar? <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> Everyone knows this is my favorite time of the week. Join the Patreon for the post, Joe. We just cut loose. We put down our characters, the facade, and then I'll hang out. Full video, unedited, no ads. Um, this week, we got Patrick J. Murray. Patrick G. Murray. Fat Murray. Yeah, well, we know <laughs> yeah, we, we know who it is. We got it, Kamara. Way to go, Murray. Way I'm to sorry, Pat. I fucked up your name. Unbelievable. He said it was a duty. Useless information. Uh, but he you get to listen to Kamar ramble endlessly about things that have nothing to do with what we're talking about, which happens show. even more in the post show. I got to be honest. I know a lot of people. Um, that's not even a humble brag. We all know, know a lot, a of, lot people. of people. I no, but I, I would say that as far as people putting their money where their mouth is, he's probably one of the tops on the list. If he yeah. says he's going to do something, Pat Murray, you're the fucking he, champion. He's uh, Pat Murray is the best. Come on, yeah, he's a stand-up guy. Always comes through in the clutch. Great friend to have. How we love you. Real fabric of Ottawa. Like and subscribe, Kamara. How was your week? Oh man, uh, uh, the uh, host for the week got sick. Beginning of the week, so I uh, got called COVID? up. COVID? I didn't ask. Could be anything anyways. I, I So I did a couple spots hosting this week, and then um, uh, happy Thanksgiving to our American. Yeah, we forgot about that last week, big time. But, but this is what I'm saying. So I got off work, and uh, it was the end of the game between um, the Lions and the Bills, and I go in this swanky restaurant to watch the end of the game. There's whatever, two minutes left. Yeah. And the bartender's talking my ear off, telling me stuff about my team. Like, just being too too buddy-buddy with me. I just want to watch the, the Lions lose in peace. You know what I mean? So you weren't feeling that. And then at the end of it, he goes, happy Thanksgiving to me. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what a jackass. Why, why are you pointing at me? Because we both think it's this separate Thanksgivings is sort of weird. Oh, yeah, it's crazy, but it's us who needs to catch up. I don't think they should adopt our Thanksgiving. But he shouldn't adapt theirs. Hold on. Adapt? Wait, 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 wait. Adopt. Yeah. As far as the date is concerned, ours is a much better. It's too close to Christmas. Theirs kicks off Black Friday. Another holiday. It all makes Black sense. Black Friday can you know? be whenever you want. Have, but it is when it is. Have man. a holiday called Harvest. 
in Canada still have what, what yeah, is nice, Thanksgiving. Yeah, nice, nice. I like that. Harvest. <laughs> we all do Thanksgiving this weekend. So we'll get so we two. we all celebrate the ads, the sitcoms. Everything. We'll get two Thanksgivings. Well, it'll just be yeah. harvest. No, I like it. We get a harvest, harvest and, and then a Thanksgiving. You guys are so weird. You know what's funny is when I lived in New York, it was, um, I came home for Thanksgiving and it was great. Traveling was easy because Americans don't give a fuck about Canadian Thanksgiving. It's the worst time to travel in the States. And you guys want to double down and be like, I don't travel anywhere, so I don't give a fuck. How about that? Uh, that's a good point, Matt. Yeah, Simon's one what, of those that doesn't affect my, me. What about my point? Yeah, that you don't give a shit. So after yeah. the game, I, I I go home, and I get on the bus, and I see my roommate, but he doesn't see me. So I sit right beside him, and he still doesn't see me, and I drive him about 10 minutes, and I go to grab his dick, and he all flinched out. That's amazing. Imagine it Bravo! wasn't your roommate. Bravo! It was... It, it, it was it, part of life is the performance, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I'm at work, I act a little bit autistic. You know what I mean? So no one wants to ask anything from me. I don't know if you know this, but when you walk through life, you act a little autistic. Yeah, you don't need to act. Like, you had that <laughs> shit nailed, you man. Trust me, it's a performance because no one asks you for anything, and everyone's inspired by you. He just said, trust me, it's a performance. I know you, motherfucker. Do the job. You just got to, like... Over eye contact and smile a lot. Yeah, that and just sounds step like you. weird sometimes. He just <laughs> described himself. He a stutter step at some point, and it and it's a performance. I call it the uh, usual suspect. <laughs> <laughs> it's your Kaiser Sose. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be hilarious if a homeless guy was like, "Hey man, is there any change?" And you gave him like five bucks, and he looked at you, and he just went. This is just a performance. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. It's grungy downtown. You, you want us for the same way. No, I'm not even homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I make more money than you, you. You dumb bastard. And then I went to the uh, conclusion of the hearing and saw our prime minister speak under oath, under the Bible. <laughs> How was that? How'd you feel when he got up there and said, what did he say, Kamar? He said he, when he enacted, he, he did it with um, serenity. He and said, did you boo then? Did you rabble, said, rabble, rabble, he, rabble, 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 He said rabble. he had no faith that anybody was going to do the right thing, right? Yeah. So he just had to act. He pulled it off. No, they, like there was Nobody no gotcha moment. There's yeah. nothing. I can't believe you went and you didn't throw a shoe or a tomato. But or you know, like- you know what is, <laughs> you know what is crazy is that nobody took that opportunity with him under oath. To ask him about, I don't know, the we scandal. Why not just throw something totally different in that he's um, got to answer truthfully? I think it's supposed to be related. I like that. I well, think there are some rules. Really, though? What would he have said if you had asked him about the we? He said, I'm not going to answer that yeah, because no, we have I don't fifth, have to. We have a Fifth Amendment yeah. sort of thing here, don't we? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to yeah. incriminate yourself. The second yourself. he takes it, no, we know he's if, guilty. If somehow they could guilty tie, anyway. If yeah. somehow they could tie the we to the yeah. mandate, You know what? No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's Canadian politics. Yeah, Let's I, move it couldn't. on. In the opening of our show, we just lost 90% of our... No, no. Well, I, I, so we I, lost I, nine people. Yeah, nine people. <laughs> I got I got my Seven life back. Seven of them got up. That's good. Left. You got your life back. Yeah, okay. That was, you feel free now? It was just a lot. You didn't have to go. No, I, ha- I had to go. And I didn't I didn't I have to care. I, but hold I on. Care. I don't even know what to look say. At, Can you pass me the ashtray? Please? Look at the person sitting there. You're telling me this guy didn't have to go? Look at him. He had to go. I have an opinion now. You didn't have an opinion before. No, but my—I feel my my thoughts are informed by yeah writing out the whole process by Alex Jones and people of that ilk. No, by experiencing myself. 
My hands on going to the hearing, yeah. seeing our prime minister. Yeah. Hands on. It was good. Simon, how was your week? My week was just fine. I did not go down to the hearings. And uh, what, what do I have written down here, Matt? Oh, I saw the funniest thing on the way over here. So <laughs> like I had a, a thing on the back of his car that said, I don't believe in global warming, but I do believe in global government. Mm-hmm. And it was like a bumper sticker, you know, but it wasn't a bumper sticker. It was just something he had printed out and then taped to the back window of his car. Fuck, you gotta be a real weirdo. You gotta be a fucking right weirdo. <laughs> and my wife turned to me right away and said, you cannot do that. Simon was like already typing it out on his phone. <laughs> well, now that I know we can just print things up and tape them to the back of our window. This is a whole new fucking world, man. Um and then the other thing I want to talk about, that's my week. It wasn't really that interesting. But I do have a complaint, again, about Joe Rogan. Surprising. I don't like... I actually dis- dislike watching Logan Paul's show. But you watch it. Hey, watch. Because he's getting guests that are, like, interesting. Rob Deerdeck this week? Where's Rob Deerdeck on Joe Rogan? That totally makes sense. Joe it, thinks skateboarding is like bowling. But this, anyway, you know what? He's really missing the mark when you, between Lex and this fucking stupid podcast and flagrant, the guests they're all getting, Joe is fucking missing the mark. He is too busy with his own personal like vendettas and it's clouding his ability to get proper guests on this show. There, I said it. You watch Rob Dirk on Impulsive? I listened to a couple, uh, half of it, maybe. George didn't ruin that at all, did he? He's the worst. <laughs> he's, a, he's the worst. No, they're all... Low-key, low-key. They're all the worst. I don't like the questions they ask, but Rob Deerdeck is a super interesting guy. You could put him in there with a fucking donkey, and it would be an interesting interview. He's just interesting. He's done the uh, fighter... Uh, fighter and the kid. The fight, fight the companion. Kid, uh, the Calabasas you, fight companion. You, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Francis. again there are plenty of people out there with interesting stories that joe is totally missing out on because i don't know maybe he should have a booker maybe it shouldn't go through him anymore and then we'll get a a much more rounded let jamie book the guests i'm being serious it's all golfers no it wouldn't he likes conspiracy he seems like a much more rounded individual Whereas Joe is just kind of stuck in these, like, a, a triangle of boredom. Well, I mean... There's only 300 people he's drawing from to do the podcast. And 80% of them are Jewish. Well, <laughs> it's it's more like there are three major ideas that he sticks to. And unless these people fit into, you know, the some diagram. way into his... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Joe diagram, you're just not getting on. And it's leaving a lot of people on the floor. And it's making us have a lot of the same conversations over and over again and see the same people over and over again. That's it. Well, it's our fault for doing it. And then uh, Sean O'Malley. <laughs> that was, we're, we're not going to do him, but I thought maybe give him two seconds. He, uh, how he, was your week? This <laughs> is <laughs> still how your week was. You talked about Canadian politics, motherfucker. I talked about a recurring theme. Okay, you know what? I, I'm I, done. I just, just go on. I can't. I can't. 
No, let's hear it. Sean O'Malley. It's done. I'd like to hear it. Ah, Well, then you and I'll talk personally, like friends, afterwards, things I don't do with Kamar. Well, this is a show where we you have friends that listen. Sean Sean O'Malley, um, he came across as a totally normal dude. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to me how when he's on another show like Nelk or Impulsive or whatever, he takes on this totally different persona. persona. Humbled? Yeah. No, he was Would humbled you, on this yeah, show. On Joe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. On those shows, he's like one of those guys, you know what I mean? So I just thought it was interesting how he has like these two totally... Because Joe should be a fun guy. He's a comedian. Like you shouldn't go on there and act like a fucking weenie, Joe is not you know? a fun guy. I guess he's not a but fun guy. You heard how he said to Joe, he said, when I start training, it's whatever, November 23rd today. I don't know what happened on November 24th. And just be focused on one thing. Yeah. Could you imagine doing that? I didn't really. I found he just said things that what, fighters he said what he's say. To say. I don't Absolutely, think he. But, okay. Even if he didn't do that, but if you actually did do it as preparing like three months or 12 weeks of just focusing on one thing and not thinking about anything else. Nothing about your job, nothing about rent, not t- just like... But that is your job, so you're really just focused on your job, right? It is your job, yeah. That, that makes sense. And you're only doing it three times a year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Uh, not that it's easy, but it shouldn't be hard it, to, like, get up for those three but fights. But does the guy who you know what I'm the saying? most have the, the edge? Well, no. John Jones was doing coke and hookers. And Some people, yeah. Because that's what I wonder Don't about make no difference. When, when we're watching soccer, World Cup. Football. I, hey, no, it's soccer because you can't play football, baseball, but you can play soccer, baseball. Why is NFL called football? Because they, they stole the whole thing from the Europeans. They're throwing a fucking egg. It's not a Let's ball. Not go down this road. You know what I mean? Yeah, My point being, they is, only kick it on field goals and punts. Yeah, everyone on the field in the World Cup knows how to play soccer. It's got to be conditioning. It's got to be the difference because they all know how to play soccer. Whoever plays, I guess, together and is in the best shape. No, I don't think so, man. I think you. it has a lot to do with, like, um, plan. It has to do with some people being just natural fucking, like, crazy talents. Just as, as the tournament's gone on, I've just noticed it's like, like Belgium looks like a bunch of bloated whalers. <laughs> but they're supposed to be the best in the world, and they were the best. It just, like, he, he also talks about training to get to that right for that night that moment some team is in their best moment right now or three teams are in their best moment right now and in another time another team will be in a better moment i mean i gotta say too they all like, know how to play soccer there's <clears throat> there's teams that are super overrated based on like uh the names on the team belgium's one of them like their defense two of their defenders are my age they basically each have a wooden leg that's e- those moroccan speeders they're gonna get around those dudes like it I don't know. Same no thing. Teams can surprise everybody. Like the, the Japanese. Uh, Argentina, their defense are old as fuck as well. Like Otamendi, he's not stopping shit. Either way. My we talked week, about fights. My week was uh, okay. I'm glad the World Cup has been a wild, wild World Cup. Is it so much? Do you, do you get up for the five o'clock, six o'clock game at six? I'm usually up at five. Oh, no way. Did you come in for the two o'clock? Yes. And then I get the, yeah, that's usually how what's going on for me. <laughs> I start with the second half of the first game and then ride it out. Yeah. Um, it's been wild, though. This has been a great World Cup. 
lot of upsets, a lot of crazy shit, a lot of great shit. But it's not. It's a really. It's tainted with the uh, all the stuff about Qatar. Yeah, but whatever. Like Thursday was the game a, must go on. <clears throat> Thursday was a dream for me. I was like, are you telling me that there's there's like football on at 5 a.m. and then there's American football on at noon and like it was a beautiful day Thursday. It's almost overwhelming. I I still wish it had been in the summer. What I hate, no, I this this is fine. What I hate is that hockey and basketball take Thanksgiving off. You pussies. Anyway, my week was uh, fine. Sports is great. Kamar, can you go over the guest list real quick so we can do what we actually do here? Yeah, we'll say the 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 man of the with the muse, nineteen oh one, Stephen Pressfield, followed by nineteen oh two, Danny Brown, and then of course Sean O'Malley, which you've already rated. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I was fretting a Saturday drop. It was coming and then it never came. No, thank God. Thanks, Joe. Nice, nice, good number this week. Good short, good short week off for us. It was Thanksgiving, so it made sense to me that he was probably not going to have a long week. Right? Didn't even occur to me, but yeah, even CNN took Thanksgiving off. Wow. They just played a thing about the Patagonia Mountains. Interesting. I bet Fox News just pushed on, though, right? I don't have it, but yeah. Uh, do you want to rate the week, anyone? Um... I, I, I actually, you know what? Uh, contrary to what Simon said, I thought this was diverse or different guests. I don't think Pressfield's been on before, has he? I believe he has. I stand corrected if he is. If he has, it's been a very long time. It's been an it acceptable. Defi- he definitely how has. How about this? They if he has, about the muse. it's been an acceptable amount of time sure. for a return. Right? And Danny Brown, first time. Uh, I mean, like, that episode stank, realistically. It might have been one of the worst episodes <laughs> that has ever been. I would, I would rather listen to Red Band on there. It was tough, too, because when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. And like Simon said, like, I was like, new guest, going to be wonderful. And it was just. But don't you feel you got to know who Danny Brown was? Uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, that that episode was a fucking dumpster fire. It was. Oh, my. Anyways. Okay. I don't care. Yeah. Sorry. Are you going to rate it? Uh, Are you? I'm going to give it a three and a half. He was in. That was all for him. I don't think I can go higher than a uh, two and a half. And I can't go higher than a one and a half. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I thought this week was for the fucking birds. Yeah, we can tell by your rating. Interesting. All right, well, let's uh, let's start this bad boy up, Kamar. Pressfield, 1901. No. Is that right? He got it right. 1901, Stephen Pressfield. That it might be the first time ever. Might be. <laughs> I just you know re- what it was? Steve-O was 1900. So. Yeah, Steve-O. I just want to re- re- read this. Uh, Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. Pressfield was an advertising copywriter, school teacher, tractor trailer driver, bartender, oil field roustabout, attendant in a mental hospital, fruit picker in Washington State, and screenwriter. He struggles to make a living as an author, including a period when he was homeless and living out of his car. Dude, he sounds like uh, Mac the Knife. Sorry, just rewind an oil field what roustabout <laughs> what the fuck is that uh roustabout stands is greek for <laughs> <laughs> an oil field roustabout is he the guy who goes and wakes everybody up in the mornings to go to work i bet you that's what he does no i assume you're one of the guys like working the chains on like an actual oil well roustabout 
I work with broad-based, non-specific skills. No, oh, he's just doing everything. Jack okay, all trades. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Interesting. But I misread. He, he struggled to make a living as an author. At one period, he was homeless and living out of his car. And then he detailed found, in his two thousand two book, "The War of Art." In particular, it was used to describe show or circus workers who handled materials for construction or fairgrounds. So carnies. Can you hold on? Can you pull that back up for me? Yeah. Can I see how it's spelled? I can't see your your hands covering it at the top. No, there it is. Yeah, roast about weird. Okay, hmm. you learn something new every day. That's fun. Maybe I'll throw that in trivia. Needless to say, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, and he's seventy nine years old. Wow, he was seven. He's seventy nine years old. So together, I mean, it wow. just gives you hope. It gives you it gives you hope. You got to find the muse. But a lot of uh, self talk or talk about the self came up. Um, the ego is the cause of the resistance because it's jealous of the self. Did that make any sense to you guys? No, I liked all the stuff about the muse, but all that, like the, yeah, all that stuff is very odd to me. The ego is jealous of the self and like, I don't know. I understand what he's saying and I get it. The ego thinks it knows what's best. I get it. Yeah. And there's another thing in you. Doesn't your ego sometimes know what's best? Like, is that just, is your ego always a bad thing? How about that? Is it always a negative? I think it's more of a yin yang thing, but if you let the ego win, it's a negative. I think if yeah, if you can have your ego in check, I agree. Everybody, but, but my point is, some, any healthy person has that. Yeah, but some ego gets you to where you're going, right? For sure. And look at some of the guys who get really wildly successful: the Kobe Bryant's, the Michael the Jordan's, most egotistical, egotistical, yeah. and not necessarily because they're the best at something. That's just kind of how they were, and then became the best at something. I wonder if that's true, or if it's like. As you become great at something, you get that confidence to be... You believe the hype? <coughs> well, I always found it weird, the whole, like, Michael Jordan didn't make his high school basketball team. It's like, well, he did end up making it. Um, and just because you don't make the high school basketball team, like, you know, you... In high school, you're not there yet. Like, you grow into... It's just a weird thing. Like, big deal, he did I mean, it is odd, though. When you look at, like, most basketball players in the NBA, they were all the star on their basketball and team. And that experience checked his ego. Well, yes uh, and no. Whatever ego he had to try to be a basketball player. Like, maybe that's what made him so great. And and that, that was a resistance. Well, that's what he says was yeah. one of the things that made him great. My point, though, was just, like... He was the star on his college team. It's not, like... At UNC, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, I thought he played for. Yeah, North no, Carolina. he played for North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, UNC, the Tar Heels. So, that, they were good. I didn't. They win a national championship with. I him? know, but why did you say it like that? Yeah. I, because my point was like, like you said, he ended up being a college star and went on to be the best basketball player ever. Right. So it's he not, wasn't a walk on. It's, so it's not a huge deal that like he didn't. To me, when I, when I think about it now, because I I just heard it my whole life. When I think about it right now, the second I'm like, it's not that big a deal that he didn't. The only reason I would think maybe it's not a big deal would be because maybe he just hadn't grown big enough yet. That's also the, what I was saying. The, is you, yeah. The moral of the story is never give up. I believe, but I, that's why you there are that. plenty of like high school superstars who never get big enough. You know, they're just good basketball players. And maybe because their ego enough. gets too big before they get big enough. But never give up is also a weird one too, because I think a lot of people live in a world where they're just like. No, I'm really good at this, even though they're not. And they don't even take steps to get better. Well, after 34, you should give up and try stand-up. That's what I think is rule of thumb. 
But <laughs> one of the things Joe's been saying a lot is get out of your own way. Yeah. Get out of your own way. And that's sort of like the self and the ego. Like it, it, it is a term of words, turn of phrase. But literally when you think about multiple things as your personality, getting out of your own way. And I think it all comes down to inflammation. Of course. His resistance. I mean, I live in my own way, so it's definitely something I'm trying to work on. And the ego, for all intents and purposes, like you said, you need it, controls reality. Where you are in reality, like how you function with people, being self-conscious, whatever, allows you day-to-day function. The less, I wonder if the less you're in the public, because I'll go from seeing nobody than seeing 100 people at work or something, and then have to be the usual suspect, (laughs) But just these things that your ego is controlling how you how you are acting so other people think you are. Like have you ever have you ever smiled at someone and think you, but thought angry thoughts at them or something? All the time. Exactly. So you're not always presenting exactly what's going on inside. You you're presenting what your ego thinks you want to appear in the outside world, thereby holding reality together. That's what I got from what they said. But there's multiple realities from mushrooms or whatever we can imagine dmt what do you think your ego is your ego is everything someone has ever said to you to describe you as like you're the best or you're the worst or you're good looking or you're you're smart or you're fast or you're ugly all that stuff how your your processing system has you know ranked it is what it means to you. I mean, now that you mention it, Simon, it's really nothing. It's just a thing we made up. Yeah. That, well, yeah. Like I at just, the end of the day. It's how you feel about yourself. Based on what other people tell you. Why? Based on what it doesn't have to be at all. Some people have ego totally unchecked. What they're hurt, what hurts super their ego. ugly, but they think they're the fucking hottest shit. And, out an, there. and another person then hurts their ego. No, but in I ge- in general, how does your ego get hurt? That, that's what we're so saying. We all think we're we're good people, right? I mean, no, some people think they're shitty people. Some people have like a self, uh, an ego that's in the negative. Doesn't ego doesn't have to be a positive thing. You can have a, yeah, it's still the ego. I mean, you thinking highly of yourself is, is positive, but it isn't necessarily a positive thing. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone gets anything done if they don't at least like, you have to at least have a baseline of like, I can do this or I can get there. Right, which is your ego being like you can do, yeah. No, it's more for me. the The only time I can sort of experience a differential is say when you do mushrooms, and you just feel that innocence of like not caring. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't explain it any more than that. But you're nodding your head, so I so you sort of know what I think about. Where you're just like, and immediately someone comes up that you don't know, and the ego like is trying. Oh, whoa! I've got to make sure you act like. We have to present. So according to Freud, okay, um, you're, you know, he's the guy who said your brain was split into three parts, the ego, the super ego, and the id, mm-hmm. id. Um, so the id is the primitive and instinctual part of the mind that contains sexual and aggressive drives and hidden memories. The superego operates as a moral conscience, and the ego is the realistic part that mediates between the desires of the id and the superego. Oh, interesting. So it's like the reality check 
for the parts of you to keep you in reality, to keep you functioning as a person who's not so um, out of whack that it makes other people not be able to be around you. <clears throat> so you know how to behave normally. It's like a built-in operating system but there's for like the a saying, human like, behavior. You don't want to feed your ego too much. I don't want to feed my ego too much. I mean, there, there's some sort of truth and accuracy to these sayings. Even I mean, we don't know I, what ego again, is. I think it depends. Like, you don't want to feed your ego too much if you're if you're sufficient in ego, I guess. But yeah. if you're deficient in ego, I imagine you would want to. No, but if 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 you could, in both cases, just get the ego out of the way, you're best off. No, he was what Simon's saying is the ego is what keeps everything balanced. You can't get rid of the ego or else everything is out of then I you're think, just acting I on think impulse. You just don't want to have right? this like over inflation of ego, but you need some ego otherwise but you're To be creative you don't. To creative you need to be like um not self-conscious, unhindered. And the ego is I mean, I'm ego, not necessarily The ego sure is 100% true. you being self-conscious. Um but no, but think about it, because Simon still creates a bunch of art, but he never shows it to anyone because he's super self-conscious about it, right? So he's still creating a lot of art. I assume you're still creating art. Am I wrong? I don't really do very much right now, but I go in waves. But you're right. I sh- hardly ever showed any of my art. Would but my point like, being... like it? Um, he would, why? but he won't show it to anyone. But you see what I'm saying. You do create you care art. If people didn't like it? Yes, he would I care would if people care, didn't yeah. like it. That would yeah. bother you. It would bother me. But I know that people like my art. I don't... Uh, which is the weirdest thing about it. Which is the weirdest thing about it. Yeah, it is pretty weird, actually. Yeah, it's fair. It's like the... Oh, it's almost you the know why I don't of show, an artist. You know why I don't show my art, Matt? Because my art is very childish, and I am very old, and I feel weird. Yeah, but it's, that's also... That that's what I do. That's okay. your ego. I, I had, yeah, yeah, totally. I had, yes, that's ego getting in the way <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but you know why it's extra weird too is that we live in a, like, we live in a world of, an, am, I can never say this word, anonymity. I just can't say the word. Anonymity. Yes. Where you could, like, again, I've said this a hundred times, you could start an Instagram account where no one other than the few people who have seen your art would know it's you. Yeah. You know what? I did do that. And I had zero followers, and that was more depressing no than just never news. showing anybody my art. It's funny you say that because I was talking. I have my brother over this week. He, uh, my younger brother, has like a a company where they make you know high quality videos. They make ads. They do all sorts of shit like that. Okay, they have a lot of like camera equipment. Anyway, um, we were talking about making content because he was he was here smoking a joint with me, and he was like, "It's crazy that you have all this," and I was like, "It's really not." But anyway. Whenever someone's like, oh, YouTube, like, that's got to be easy. That is one, that's one of the craziest statements I've ever heard in my life. Do you know how hard it is to create content when no one's watching for a long time to continue doing it with very few followers or... Yeah, you benefit if you're doing it before you knew you could make money. Well, that's those people have a huge advantage, of course, yes. But for, like, right this second... To start up YouTube? To yeah. start up YouTube right now, especially at our age... You, you'd have to fight against resistance. Well, yeah, because everyone would look at you like, what are you, fucking stupid? You're never going to make it. And that's where the ego comes in. <laughs> yes, of course. Precisely. Well, they contend that discipline inhibits the ego. So if you do something, I, and I don't think it necessarily has to be exercise, but whatever it is, on the on the same time that that uh, pussy whips the ego. I don't know. Into 
releasing creative ideas because the 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 well like he he said everyone has a river but the well of creativity is um it's flowing beneath infinite you. That's what no he no said. but but ideas creative doing anything is infinite there's not like everything's gonna be thought of and i i like i get in on a stock or get in on something on the ground floor like an idea can always happen yeah and how you facilitate that coming to you but a lot of ideas have been had before you might think that it's novel but in a world that has 8 billion people and has been in existence for however many years <clears throat> we've been here for i thought it was interesting how many new ideas are there i think there's a lot more than you i mean you you're forgetting too that the world's constantly changing so there's new stuff all the time i think is, the easiest is, is to write a book you if, think, if you have a new you good think idea. You think writing easy? a book is easy? I think that's very hard. No, it's incredibly if an, difficult. If you have an idea for a book. I have plenty I of ideas for books. very difficult. And I'll never write any of well, them. Well, you'd have to you'd have to start one. Yeah, I'd have to start <laughs> one. One would one just, would help. If you I'm just thinking an idea, you have an idea for a story or something like that, the easiest way to would be to write it as a a, a short story or or whatever it is. Your idea to like <clears throat> I keep thinking, say, at the, the convention center where I work, there's thousands of paper cups they go through for coffees and stuff a day. There's got to be some sort of idea of how that is is better, but I think that's the best solution. Everyone bring their own cup? I don't know. But there's ideas are, are endless. I uh, This is actually kind of meta now that I think about it. Don't but ever say that again, but go ahead. Metaphysical? Whatever, just go. Shut your mouth. Um, I always had this great idea <laughs> to yeah. make a book called The Great Idea Graveyard, where it was all the great ideas that I've had but have never followed like through yeah. on. So you see how meta yes, that the is. resistance. I know the you resistance. don't want to hear that again. Had you just done that? But that's like almost um, using the resistance as... yeah. A resistance. You're, 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 you're exposing it. <laughs> no, anyways. Yeah, no, I, I thought that would be a... I, I have a good one. It's loaded full of things I'll never do. Well, think of all the ideas we've, like, edited out of this podcast that we'll never do. Yeah. What was my idea? The grow up co-op? Still brilliant. Grow up co-op. Yeah, that is a good idea. Just gotta fight through the resistance. Yeah. He suggested there's no resistance. The resistance sleep. being the law in this case. No, because that's no, why it's I perfect. Know, you I skirt know. the law, right? I'm, I'm joking. He suggested there's no resistance when you sleep. Interesting. You're unencumbered. You yeah. just be creative. And that's make, why make you can you have these fucking crazy Is dreams. that another reality? I don't know. But there's no... Did we talk about this? How there's no proof that you're not waking up to the dream every morning? And every night you're living the life? You're living the life? Sure. We, we have no proof that that's not the case. Yeah. It could just be like the opposite. Sleeping could be being awake and awake could be sleeping. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So did we talk about that last week? I feel like we did. A couple weeks ago, at least. Yeah. But wouldn't it be. So in that other world, well, I guess it doesn't matter because time is all relative, right? So because I was thinking, like, in that other world, are you asleep for most of the day? Like, we're the most unproductive people in, Again, other, in that I, other life? I think time is just yeah, relative, yeah, like you yeah, said. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Worse. But we're not, because you basically sleep for the same amount of hours that you're awake, right? Isn't that the case? You sleep for eight hours. Oh, eight out of 24, yeah. Get out of bed right away. 
negative thoughts in the morning. Uh, back to the discipline thing. Negative thoughts in the morning. <laughs> Wait, I, I, we weren't done. Um, I wasn't done. Sorry. Are you just? Do you just talk about the resistance the whole time? Do you talk about ideas and does that come up in your little fucking? That will create consistency in an inconsistent world. Create consistency in an inconsistent. The world, world. is inconsistent. So you set up a little psychological tether. And focusing on that frees you. Is from- the world inconsistent? I, I don't think it is. That's what metadata is all about. Because they can't predict what people are going to do on a single level. But as a group, they can almost always predict what we can do. So doesn't that make us very predictable? I'm just trying to work this out of my head. Right? That's how metadata works, right? They take all the data from like a hundred billion people. They find the similarities the and then use those similarities. Well, because we all, yeah. Every day is basically the same. Every day is basically the same. You get up, you live, you go to sleep, you wake up. I mean, I mean that's pretty rudimentary, but basic, yes, that is at know? its base core. Yeah, that's what happens. And it's all for nothing. Which is tough for us to wrap. That's it's where the ego. For nothing, you know what? Yeah, it's all that's to push the, you closer to death. That's where the ego comes in. The ego is there. That's what the, the ego is there to make it seem like what we're all doing matters. Yeah. Otherwise, to, right. it's all to convince you that you are of some importance in no matter what you're in doing the giant universe. Yes. Because if you really looked at yourself on the earth. In the cosmos, it's nothing. You are absolutely nothing. Yeah, and none of this matters. You're a grain of sand. No, you're even better. You're an atom on in, a grain of sand no, on an no, infinite in beach. A, in a yeah, giant. Like who even knows, right? A, a turtle. Maybe the whole universe is a turtle, and you're just an atom that makes up that turtle. Ooh. And this is what an atom has to go through. Like we look through a microscope and we see like whatever, a molecule, whatever. And we're like, okay, that's what that is. It has no whatever, yeah. anything. It's just a nothing. What if that molecule, if you could like get inside it, you would see that it was exactly like you. Microorganisms. And they, they it was living out... Um, the equivalent of a 90-year life on Earth. Well, do you remember that uh, Black Mirror episode? That's crazy. Do you remember that Black Mirror episode where the couple moves into the new apartment and they open up the icebox? Yeah, and the whole universe is taking place in their icebox. Yeah, yeah. and it happens over like the yep. like a week, and eventually it ends up like the singularity where it's just like... Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of an... Inter- it's kind of like what you're talking about, right? Where it's in... There could be a massive world inside... A massive, you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. I mean, it is kind of, more. What I'm saying is that you are a. Um, we assume that we're really important, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're just an atom inside a bigger thing, but every atom actually lives an entire life, like a real life, like the one you're living, not like what we assume they live, which is nothing. Which is so weird, right? Like. Some things are just nothing, and then, anyways, uh, sorry. Some things are just nothing. I like that. I might get that tattooed on. Me. I went, I went deep. Excuse the pun about the deepest hole in the earth. Okay, it's about it's like twelve kilometers. Mm-hmm. And they're saying they found microorganisms down there. Hold on, there's a hole, so it's not in the ocean. There's just no. like a hole in the earth that goes twelve kilometers yeah. down. It's not filled with water. So it's a cave is what you're saying? No, it's, it's probably about that big. They, just, they bore. 
Oh, so they bore down. These teeth, but, oh, that's but different. The middle, okay. Around the middle, so the core comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they can get uh, core samples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant like there was a natural <laughs> 12 kilometer hole in the ground. They I found. wonder what the mo- the deepest mo- natural hole is. Not it's got to be one of those caves in Mexico, right? But what they were saying is some of the core samples, if they brought up granite too fast, it would just crumble. Okay. Because it, it was under such pressure. And all of a sudden it's released and it comes up so fast. Which is just crazy to think about 12 kilometers underneath the pressure. Forget underneath the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And there's life down there. (laughs) Well, there's life everywhere on Earth. So it's glaciers that they're finding out go deeper than they ever knew, which is interesting. Thanks to global warming. Things melt, I guess. Mm. Mariana's Trench is the deepest place on Earth. Yeah, um, we knew that. Yeah, you know, this alleged, whole allegedly, deeper. and it gets hotter. As I know, you, but as you, you get closer to the center, hold you're, on, you, you're talking about digging a hole. Boring. Yeah. You so, think that goes deeper than the Marianas Trench? How deep is the Marianas Trench? Isn't it like eight miles down or something? That's no, deep. it can't be that far. That's crazy. Hold on, eight miles is longer than twelve kilometers. Marianas Trench, it's about sixty kilometers. You can see that. No, he's saying that's, that's eight, how it works. Yeah, it's like two. Two point yeah. two or something. No, that's pound, that's pounds to that's pounds to kilos, but it's close. The stupid miles to I think it's one point seven, one point seven three. Maybe I'm wrong. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I apologize. No. I got sidetracked. Well, we all got sidetracked. He wrote the legend of Beggar Vance. This guy wrote the legend of Bagger Vance. Yeah. Our friend yes, that's was right. in that yeah. movie. Oh. Shout out, Tal. It's the J-R-E-E movie game. The time has come again. From Matt and Simon to Rex, it brings together the budget in the box office. We all know they won't guess the year, and the Patreons are the real winners here at the J-R-E-E movie game. Come on, take it away, baby. It's the movie game where Matt and Simon go head to head to find out what year a movie came out, how much it cost to make, and how much it made at the box office. This week we're doing The Legend of Beggar Fans. And like you said, our friend Big Al was in it. Seven miles down, Matty. Almost seven miles. So that's deeper than the. Just. This is man made deepness. It's <laughs> yes, crazy. I understand. No, and, and there's like two. There's another one's eight. There's not like. 18 or 18. We haven't been going deep. By the we, way, Simon, I question at this, this week at trivia. Do you know what child author wrote a James Bond screenplay? What child author, like who writes children's books? Yeah. A James Bond screenplay. Sorry, I said that word. You're right. A child author. Yeah. A children's book author, I guess. Would be. Uh, I am going to go with um, the one who wrote Harry Potter. Incorrect. Roll Dahl. Roll Dahl. Wow. Roll Dahl's great, man. Anybody sleeping on Roll Dahl should really do some Who work. Who sleeps on Roll Dahl? Do you have a year yet for Bagger Vance? Oh, no. Sorry. Directed by Robert else. Redford. I think I knew that. Do you ever see The Natural? Mm-hmm. It was a baseball yeah, movie. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. What did he call his bat? That's a good trivia question. Baseball's the best. Bolt? Baseball is no. the best um, I don't remember. sport you can make a movie about. But it is a good trivia question. Will Smith, Matt Damon, and Charlize Theron. She can always get it. That's definitely going to help give away when it came out. Is it? 
Is so it really? This guy's talking about his success. Wonder Boy. Great name. Wonder Boy that's was the what bat? He called as and that. And there's a lightning yeah. bolt on that's it. That's right. right. Yes, that's yes. right. That's right. Simon, do you have a year? No, sorry. I was looking up uh, Wonder Boy. You do my work for me. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, so sorry. What movie are we doing? The Legend of Bagger Vance. Right, 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 right. A year. A year for The Legend of Bagger Vance. I'm going to go with... Uh... Coach just got a red card. The co- <laughs> I gotta be honest. My year, I think, is maybe not. What Simon, year? This long? Oh, your year. Well, I'm waiting for him. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say. Okay, uh, I'm ready. Okay, go. 2004. I said 2001, but I'm thinking it's like late 90s now. I mean, you were so close, Matt. Release date November 3rd, 2000. Mm. Fuck me, I was two months off. Okay. 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 You said Matt Damon, Will Smith, and Charlize Theron. Yeah. Directed by Robert Redford. Yeah. And it's a movie about <laughs> golf. This is so funny. This is a tough one. <laughs> but like I said, this guy was 79 years old. He's experienced success. I, I think it'd been more interesting had he talked about all those experiences I read off at the beginning, his other careers and whatnot. Yeah, but no one wants to hear Joe's. I mean, Joke in Wikipedia. It's tough for Joe to relate. He's like, well, I was a paper boy, and then I ran away from a bouncing job, and I've been famous ever since. Movie takes place in Georgia, filmed in Montreal. I'm ready. Yeah, my my grandmother lent them a bunch of outfits for it. Interesting. Rented them or whatever. The fix is in. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready, Matt. You first. I said it cost $65 to make, and it grossed $105. Those both seem comically high. Yeah, right? I mean, I said 42 to make, and then it made 81. Budget, 80 million. What? Simon, right on the money. Box office, (laughs) (laughs) 39.5. That's that's about right. That sounds about right. The muse may be right in this movie. Dude, how much coke? Sounds like a passion project to me, folks. How much coke was involved in this movie? $80 million. Dude, someone was stealing from that. Sounds like a real passion project. Our friend said the catering was amazing. Steak lobster every day. Jesus Christ. That's nuts. $80 million for that. Wow, wow, wow. Imagine losing $50 million on The Legend of Bagger Vance. That seems like one of those bad stocks you buy where at the end you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? How, with that cast and that director, can you not at least make your money back? Did you see Amsterdam by any chance? No. It's a perfect example of a movie where like the ads made it look incredible. The lineup of people in yeah. it, you were like, holy fuck. No good, though. And I then know. I watched it and like, just no fucking bueno. You know what does look amazing? Well, what? Is well, that one about the people on the yacht? And there's like yeah, the, yeah, 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 the yeah. storm, something triangle. Yeah, someone knows I like yachts. <laughs> and it's by the guy who did... Um, Murder on the Orient Express? No, that Avalanche movie. Have you ever seen it? It's like with, uh, I want to say, Elaine and, you know, Elaine? Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julia, Lo- Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julia. <laughs> and um, what's his name there? With the curly hair, Saturday Night Live, old school. Julia Louise Dreyfus. Um, Will, Will, Will Ferrell. Yeah. 
but it's like not a comedy and avalanche comes and he saves himself. He goes to save himself instead of trying to save the family. Oh, this and is it's a comedy. Like a dark yeah, yeah, yeah. comedy yeah, 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 about, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. anyways, very good movie. I don't know if anybody's actually taken the time to see it. I wish I knew what it was called. Maybe avalanche. Avalanche know. sounds good. We'll call it avalanche. I'll for find now. out. I'll find out. But anyways, he said the Spartan. Oh, sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I have to go backwards for a second too. Cause there was something I wanted to talk about. Okay. I was reading this story about this kid. You know, these guys who go into the caves. Yeah. Crawling Spunkers. through the caves, you know? Yeah. yeah. I guess it's spelunking. Um, but they like are literally too tight to even move. Uh, have you seen some of these videos? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, it drives me nuts. But this guy got himself stuck somehow, like 20 feet down, upside down. But he was close enough that everybody was up there and they could talk to each other, but he, they couldn't get him out. And he ended up dying by being upside down for too long. Yeah, and oh. you have cardiac arrest because I guess the blood, flow the blood just goes to your heart. and Trying to pump up. But fucking, what are you doing? Yeah, And imagine being in that position where for a while you're just like lucid, you know what I mean? And you're... You're thinking, you, well, I'm probably going to get out of this, right? Or not. I don't, I mean, I I don't know. There's got to be a period where you're like, okay, there's people with... Like, I, I get it if you're alone. You're like, I'm dead for sure. But right. With people, there's got to be a, a time... There's got to be a little bit where you're like, okay, like, we're going to get out of this, right? Like, it's not as bad as I think. It's fine. Horrible story, but don't go into those caves. There's just nothing to be accomplished there. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. And they're all small guys. I wouldn't ever think about it. Um, he, he said Spartans would check their omens before battle. Like would roll right up, like, let's go. Well, before we go, check these omens. And if they didn't show up, they're like, okay, uh, fall back. That would have been wild to experience that. If you're the other army. You're just getting ready for war. You roll up and like the shadow isn't cast on it, the, something like that. On the caterpillar's head and you just leave. Making be the massive best. decisions. Be the best. So you're so hungover. You're like, I really have no desire to go into battle. Yeah, like, just Boys, my <laughs> omens, I don't know. Not uh not here. Yeah. It was weird how he said that though, eh? Like they rolled up and their omens just didn't work out and they left. And they called it off. And then one day they did and they Rep shop. That's so odd, though. Imagine you show up ready to fight, and the other guys are like, "We're not. It's not." I'd be like, "Well, we're coming. We're gonna come kill you." Maybe they were gonna go do like a sneak attack and decided not to gotcha. do it because so they're in the, the bushes. Yeah, okay, right, yeah, right on the battle line. Um, right on the battle line. Again, I'm not sure where you're getting this information from, but Stephen Pressfield, <laughs> he wrote the Legend of Beggar fans. Yeah. You may have heard of him. I mean. <laughs> He wrote the legend of Bagger Vance. He felt you could have a deeper understanding with his creativity with less distractions, like uh, television, media. Well, I think that goes without saying. I wonder if that's true, uh, if they did the study, because if you have no distractions, yeah. you're going to have to come up with a lot of things on your own. Mm -hmm. But if you have distractions, you're going to get a lot more idea. Other people's sparks. ideas. You're getting other people's ideas. Well, no, yeah, but, but that's how you come up with ideas. I see a painter that I like. But you, I try and work you, something of his into what I do. In a vacuum. Sorry, right? you can without any of course outside influence. You can come. Of up with course, ideas. you can. And maybe those are the the most creative ideas. Yeah, but isn't there diminishing returns? Like, Kamar, let me ask you this: If you went up to a, a cabin in the woods and spent a whole year alone, no TV, 
no cell phone, no newspapers. How much comedy could you write after like the fourth month with zero? Like, you don't know what's going on in the world. You have no po- like, do you think you would be more creative in the com- I, I know comedy is maybe a weird one because it's very specific. No, that is interesting, though. I wonder, could you would you be better off in a vacuum writing comedy or in a place with lots of stimulus writing comedy? Because be all personal stuff. Because it feels like comedy is better. Like, you know, you go to the store and something happens at the store that makes you be like, oh, why do we do that? That was and, or or it'd be, anything. It'd be a really interesting exercise to do it because it would all be just personal memories and experiences you have. You know, and a lot of people, if you look at their actors, they're just talking about their mom and their well, dad. Well, it wouldn't have to be. Like, you could just say horses and write something about horses. You know what yes, I mean? Like, you yes. don't have to limit yourself to... Well, I'll fight against myself here. Like, for example, Ari could have gone to a cabin in the woods for six months and written Jew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it was very specific. Like, you could have just studied the Bible, the Quran, um, whatever the fuck you guys read. He might have. The Torah. Thank you. That one, yeah. Um, I, I genuinely forgot. I'm sorry. It's interesting that you remembered Quran. Well, there's a lot of them. You guys are a, a, a minority. I was listening to an interesting podcast that said they memorize the Quran. Mm-hmm. I memorize the Torah. So there's no way. It, like It's their own personal blockchain. Everyone's always checking Everyone, it. exactly. But if they memorize it, it can never be rewritten or reprinted in any other way. I thought that was cool. It, it was, wh- why? Why? If you couldn't, that just lead to people memorizing broken it telephone. Wrong? Yeah. Well, no, I guess. And three then guys, if you have it wrong, then you're going to teach it wrong to your children. And by the time it gets to them, three guys he, all show up. Love yeah, becomes kill. You have to say say the same thing. And then it's open to personal bias. Like that seems like a terrible way to do it. Okay. Well, did you see? It that? seems like the opposite of the blockchain. Actually, it's like the unblockchain. I Come- guess. You can look at it that way. Kamar, did you see that your boy Andrew Tate converted? Yeah. And he canceled True Geordie. Oh, to, yeah. I had that. This to is, Islam? That's hilarious. Kamar, look at that note. Yes. Tate to Islam, Geordie to cancel. Yeah. Look at that note. True Geordie. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, well, we might as well bring it up now. Yeah. yeah why so, not? so they had a beef, like a previous beef. Geordie and, uh, yes, Alex True Jones. Jo- or, no, um, True Geordie and, uh, and Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. So they had a previous beef. So they were doing a live podcast where Andrew Tate came up. Like True Jordy and his buddy Lawrence were doing a, a live stream when yep. when Andrew Tate came up. And uh and True Jordy said, Listen, if you really want to be an Arab, like if you really want to prove that you're that you've converted to Islam, why don't you just go and blow yourself up? And it was a jo- he was he was trying to make a joke as in like, just go kill yourself, because I don't fucking like you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Islamic community. This is the ironic thing to me, though, is that Andrew Tate, who's been canceled, he came out and made a video where he was like, how fucking dare you? Like, he pretty much tried to cancel True Jordy. And I was like, that is a real shitbag move. Like, yeah. a, 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 a high-level shitbag move. It's like move. a comedian going after another comedian. Precisely, for telling a joke, yeah, yeah. that is in, like, poor taste. You would and hope- the True Jordy, sorry, he made one of the most cringeworthy, because I, I think he's, I, th- I like their show. I think he's, whatever, he's entertaining. Um, he made one of the most cringeworthy apology videos that I've ever seen. I think I saw it. Yeah. Where he cries and is like, I miss me, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does kind of bother me a little bit, though, when... Now, I don't know the whole story about True Jordy. Okay. 
And Kanye's a bad example because he decided to double down on it, which made all the matters worth. But it was kind of obvious to me that he wasn't saying, I'm going to go kill Jewish people. Kanye? He was saying, I was going to fire my agents. My Jewish agents. Yeah, like I... Like, it doesn't take much to read between those lines to me, but they chose to run with that in a certain way. And it, again, unfair, the same way I see with this true Jordy thing, again, don't know a lot about it, but if you're making a joke about a guy wanting to die, it, you know, it's a joke. Anyway. That's the one religion you cannot joke about. Jews. No, no. It, Islam. No, Jews also, apparently, because... But Jews could joke about... No, but I don't think Kanye was joking either. Like, I don't think he was making a joke. I think he was just... He wanted people to die? No, but this is the no, difference. It's Def, like... Death DefCon is, uh, you know, like, I'm going to go... Obliterate. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go fucking it's crazy like, on their ass, you know? I just think back to when Patrice O'Neill was on... Was it CNN or Fox News? Talking about Don Imus? Remember, he, he said to that woman, he was like, he was like, not, you know, most rape jokes aren't good. I've heard a few good ones, but he was like, the point is, if someone tells a rape joke, they're trying to make you laugh. So they might fail, but the, the intent was to just try to get a laugh out of you. So like canceling someone, and True Jordy is a... Most of the time, like there can be exceptions to that, right? Where somebody is just being... My, my, Belie- my, believes that abortion is a bad thing, so writes a joke about it so they can get their opinion out there. That happens, like okay, sure, but if they are just trying to get you to laugh, versus like you're talking about someone just trying to get their opinion out, which I guess is different. But if you're just trying to make a joke, like I don't know. I, all I was saying is sometimes, like um, when it's that self-evident, you would hope that society would be smart enough to not fall prey to. You know, the joke, but it happens all the time. Yeah. The joke is that Muslim people blow themselves up. Yes, that is. That is the joke. (laughs) And the the majority of Muslim people do not blow themselves up. That is correct. And they're offended. Yeah. But there are some Muslim people like, hey, he's got us, that guy. (laughs) There's a guy with a bomb. There's a guy with a bomb on his chest that's like, he's got me. (laughs) Every side, like, ah. I mean, listen. I think that's obvious, and that's why you know it's a joke. Because like you said, there's a a billion-plus Muslims on Earth. If they were really blowing themselves up, they never would have gotten to that number. So it's And and maybe uh, Andrew Tate has put himself in a box that he he could do something that would be shameful to uh, Islam or something. I don't know. I just thought it was a shit move. Andrew Tate drinks and stuff, so he's not... not uh, But he hates women, so it's, you know... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of on brand. All criticism comes from an unmet need. I suggested that. All criticism of like yourself. All criticism. Or if you're criticizing someone else. Someone else. Unmet It's come from an unmet need. So this entire show is just one giant three-way unmet need. Is that what we're... Okay, cool. And that need is to have our voices heard. No, it could be anything he's saying. Like, you have some unmet need in life. Maybe you're horny. Maybe you didn't follow your dreams. Well, we're not doing this show because we're horny. We're doing this show. I mean, I personally am doing this show because because I'm horny. Because you want somebody to listen to you. No, I was hoping the both of you would take your pants off. (laughs) Four years in, and here we are. It's unreal. Oh, fuck, man. 
Just got to ask. You should have asked. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if it would have happened, but you're never going to get anywhere without asking. If you meet all your needs from doing the thing, uh, the creative project, whatever you're, that will fulfill your needs and you will not criticize. You'll just create. Because that's sort of the opposite of create, right? The The opposite of criticize is create. Yeah. Instead of talking about doing something, you're going to do something. Or talk about why something is bad, you do something. It's so weird, though, because your art is comedy, and this is like another asterisk where it doesn't really play. It doesn't work. Because criticizing is like part of your job. It's part and parcel. And if you're a... And if you're really good at criticizing, if you can be a, a professional comedian. critic, then Not your too. job yeah. is well, to well, criticize. That's how they were, they were talking about ancient... Um, like there was the... Uh, the guy you had to criticize. If something could be criticized, it was bullshit. Yeah, it has to be able to be held, hold up to yeah. ridicule. And I think that's where the comedy comes back in. But also, um, the Hermetics. Okay, was very interesting. That they we'll were like go on. they were like egos, but beings of everyone. Sorry, <laughs> egos of beams of everyone beings beings. Well, they, I think they were real they were the, people. They were like the consciousness for a group of people, though, or something. They well, you didn't really something. get it, so <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was exactly what uh, they were I didn't get it either. To be honest, come people, on. Trolls uh, have to be unhappy people. Trolls, like ca- online trolls, Cabalian. Oh, like, like I see what you're saying. Yeah. Criticizers. Yeah, I mean, criticizers. look, people who leave like negative reviews about places and stuff. You have got to be like a real petty. Yeah douchebag for real you you know what i mean to like go out of you have a lot of unmet needs simon i've seen like just start a podcast it's hilarious what (laughs) it's hilarious what people review like you can go like people have reviewed spark street like the street well because you know how it's like that walk yeah Yeah, like people have reviewed spark like the park there the dog park people have reviewed that park three stars people need to have people need to to obey (laughs) leash laws like dude Who's like I when I read it, I was like, why am I reading this? Like, who else is reading this? Oh my god. But I mean, this is exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like, you're gonna review a bus stop. Yeah. Nobody go to the bus stop on third and fifth avenue because uh there was a guy there who was rude to me. What are you talking about? Look, I, I'm with you. I mean, I it's the whole problem with the world. It really is. If you broke it down to like Really, what the fuck is wrong with how our system operates? It comes down to the fact that everybody is able to complain in real time all the time. And before, if you wanted to complain about something, you had to write a letter to nobody. Well, I think it also used to be or a lot more... Or complain to someone who told you to shut the fuck up. Well, that too. No, but it used to be a lot more civilized too, where it was like, I believe I'm going to have to speak to a manager. And it was like the manager came up and was like, what seems to be the problem? And then you had like a somewhat civil conversation. Now it's just like... Well, at least you had to yell at like a human being. That too, that helps, yeah. But when you look at what... Listen, half of the shit I watch on Reddit right now are young people freaking out at McDonald's. Okay. 
This is just a thing now where if, if something goes wrong with your order, you have the right to trash the yeah. entire yeah. restaurant. I've seen them, yeah. And film it and go viral. I think that happens more well, at the wall. they're wa- not filming it. Somebody else is filming it. You know I think that I mean? happens more they're at the They're not filming themselves freaking so, out. Some lucky soul. <laughs> I think that's more a Waffle right House at the right thing. time. Seems like the Waffle House gets trashed far more than. Oh, there's often fights in the Waffle House, but yeah. no, just the trashing because like I ordered a cheeseburger and you gave me nuggets. Yeah, happens more often than you would think. I will say this: I wish a lot of those had timestamps because it would make things a lot. There'd be a lot more clarity. You yeah. want to know if you're just watching these same old freakouts? No, 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 no. No, what I want to know is what time of the day or night is it? Because oh, it changes all times. All times. You don't know for sure though, because it changes it drastically. If you a saw lot of them are night. This is the thing. If you see two AM, all of a sudden you're like, I've been there. Like the McDonald's on Rideau Street was one of the most you, heinous places on and earth. You've said it before. Like it has to be top ten. <laughs> Where there's a, a, a punch up and the raccoon. I've also is seen in the guy's jacket. It's I've one of the also seen a lot. It's got to be top ten. It is in the world of McDonald's freak stuff. I've and seen I was it. drunk there. So sorry, Simon. I was drunk there so many times, Kamar. That it might have been the most dangerous place on earth. Remember the the kilometer long hallway? Yes. To yes, get out yes, onto yes. no cameras, dude. So, one of the most dangerous places on earth. That McDonald's. They had to stop being twenty four hours. That's how dangerous it was. There was the police always on the walls. The police were like, we can't keep. We can't have eight people here a night. I've never been to that McDonald's and not seen a fight. Yeah. Ever. I don't think I've ever walked in and not seen blood on the floor. Like There's legitimately. Just like permanent chalk outlines. Dude, that McDonald's is heinous. Yeah, no. One of them is a raccoon. Oh, that Little video. Raccoon yeah, that video is fucking classic. I'm sorry I cut you off. I don't sorry. remember what I was going to well, now I feel really bad. Where does well, personality come from? Tried like three times to get it out. Where does, I think it's uh, an amalgam of your experiences. What did you move on to? Sorry, I didn't hear him. What makes your personality? I think it matters. Babies have a personality. Yeah, babies have a personality. Yeah, like by year they're they're a person. But I think again, that's a they're a reflection of the people around them. Well, I think that has something to do with it. But and by three, they are who they are. You can have two kids; they're both raised in the same exact household, and they have that's totally true. opposite yeah, personalities. That's true. That happens with twins. That happens with like that happens all the time. For sure, some of it is going to be um, nurture, but there's something about like coming out of the womb with this already formed, yeah, and maybe I, those are your past lives. You know, I mean, is that could, what they were talking about? Is it trauma? I fucking hate the word trauma, man. But Simon, it could also just be like, you were talking about twins growing up in the same household with the same people. Like they're not picking up on all the same cues and experiences, right? Like you can, like you have the same parents, but one of you can be really drawn to like your dad, for example. And the other one might be more drawn to your mom. And it for sure, there's just going to be more chance that they're going to be similar than this kid and a kid who lives in another household. Do you know what I mean? That that was just the example I was given. It's not, uh, I don't think it's like a hold true all the time. Personality is consciousness. Consciousness. We know, we don't know where it comes from. Personality. Yeah. Whatever you call that, whatever makes you, you that spark, that all seems to be the same thing. He, you know, whatever you want to call it. He thought, you may travel with a group of souls if you believe in souls. That's interesting. So you, a little crew. That's interesting. And also that there may be a moral dimension. The I mean, that's all that just mean? too much to wrap your head What's around. What's moral dimension? 
we're in this dimension. Yeah. We think there's other reality. There's a reality where just morality is like, you can't get away with something. Okay. Yeah. Of course it's tethered to you. If, if there are other, if there are other dimensions, like they're talking about, there is literally one playing out every single possible scenario. So there'll be one that's all evil. One that's all good. One that's evil and good in every possible way. Do you think someone just should try to remake uh, everything once all at the same time? What Why? do you mean? They Why just made that movie? It? It's I, great. I, well, but that's going to win all the Oscars this oh, year. Is it? Every single one is of it? them. No, that's what I predict. Wow. I, don't you feel like you heard nothing about it? Though? Yeah, that's how, always how Oscar movies work. When was the last time you don't even know the you know this one before it's going in? Usually, it's like one you've never even heard. Of. That movie Hold on, is what the we're talking Brothers about Flanders. Hold or on, something. I, I got to disagree with you. It didn't. Most of the movies that win come out. At Oscar time, which is now, it's rare that a movie comes out that <clears throat> that far in the past. I think it's gone and forgotten. I think this is going to win more Oscars this round than any other movie wins. You, you know what the record is? You should put some money on that. I, it doesn't. As I'm, sure I'm not are. putting it up against other years. I'm saying this year, it's going to win more than any other. I see picture. what you're saying. Okay. It's going to win more Oscars. I understand than any what you're saying. Picture. Yeah, I understand. This year. I think it's Titanic and Avatar for the record. Eleven. I'm I'm sure. Well, I think if you can start to believe in some of these concepts, you can then believe in a creative dimension or reality that you're just you're within that you could tap into, and you just tap into that dimension. You still yeah, have pro- to do something. The problem is we don't. <laughs> this could be the creative dimension. We don't know. I think I'm more inclined to believe. I think I'm more inclined to believe that. You live this life ish, and then you're doing this multiple times and accumulating information, and that's what builds up your, you know, bank of experience or whatever. And you remember a little bit from body to body, but only in idea or, you, you know, um, uh, instinct. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm with that. I mean, the problem is, though, is there's more, there's always more people, right? Like, we're not, the population isn't going down, so it's weird, like. What does that mean? Well, so you're like, you're an amalgamation of all your previous lives, right? At some point, there has to be new lives, because there aren't enough old souls to go around. A hundred billion have died already. Yeah, but if you've are if you're already have an older life, it's not a hundred billion. I don't. Someone's, oh. someone's already lived seven lives, right? And then there's a new life added to the mix. So what I'm saying is at some point, new lives have to come into the mix. I'm not sure I understand. Okay, you're, hear me out. You're not coming back to this earth. Oh, you're that's what you're saying. You're coming back to okay, a copy fine. of sure. this okay. earth. You know what that's, I mean? That's my yeah. question. Fair. The fair. simulation starts sure. again. Okay. That's fine. I was just trying to figure out, because if you're coming do back... Do I believe that? I don't know. I never really thought of that before. Do you come back to this earth or do you come back to an earth? I don't know. And what I don't do know you either. come back as? a human wouldn't you so isn't that what we're talking about well unless you believe in like some sort of karma and if you do something bad come back as like a dung beetle eventually you'd have to get pretty far down you have to you'd have to do some really heinous shit i would imagine some hitler shit because like it would be bad enough to be like a donkey maybe the donkey's got the best life 
That's why they're always laughing. Maybe. Oh, I got a maid in the shade. You you have to fight your demons to achieve. And so exercise or writing for an hour every day creates a demon for you to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possible. This is if you don't already have demons chasing you. Then you have to fight those demons. But, yeah. but on the treadmill, you're fighting other that, demons that's, while that's on the sort treadmill. Of the, the the reoccurring story of life with anyone. We watch it more than, but we're living it as well. And that's uh, creating momentum and a habit. It's just a it's it's a, it's a tool to possibly um, access more. And this guy's living proof. It's not, it's not like he's a wacko. No. Why? Did any of us think he was a wacko? I'm not sure. And he said, once you get this ball rolling, you should take breaks, but have something started in the middle of doing what you're doing in the first place so you have something to pick up on when you come back to it. And it was really weird how how Joe said that's the exact same thing with stand-up. Like it mirrored. You start, you put out your hour once you have... 15 minutes more to then start to go work on. You never start from nothing. You have to transition pieces over each other to, to keep that momentum going. And it, and it, it was just like two ideas match on. Go on. You haven't uh, booed him once this week. Well, I mean, it. there's nothing really to boo yet. He, think- he believes it's a force of nature. Rate it. That's it. The muse. Oh, like what? I, I don't know. What was that? Like 25 minutes? It's an hour. No, I'm just joking. I I'm give just, it a... I'm just joshing. I give it a three. I give it a three and a half. I really... I was on the verge of a three and a half. Me. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, as someone who needs to get their shit together and like not shit on themselves so much, you know. I don't hate the idea of what they were talking about at all. This idea of like where ideas come from and what... Great conversation. I just, I don't know, man. It always comes off so preachy, and that's where they lose me. If it was just more like, I think they're trying to be inspirational. I think it just bothers you because I have a feeling that you are often inspired by it, but then don't take action. And that, like me, that pisses you off. The resistance. That's some of it. And some of it is, it doesn't always have to be like, um, a sermon. Sometimes you can just have a conversation. Sure. And and he and, maintains and, that he still struggles with it. And I think that you would get to way more interesting places if you weren't so busy trying to make a point and you just let yourself talk. I think you're forgetting though too that it, you know, he's wildly successful and he's trying to impart for free yeah. on the world how he feels like you can be successful. It's you gotta there's nobility in it where it's like, I would like everyone to a rising tide lifts all ships. And the you know book I mean? he wrote about it became a bestseller. Like he did what you talked about, the book of great ideas. Mm-hmm. He wrote that and, and it worked. Did you guys ever read the war of art? No, I should. It is condescending. <laughs> but it's like it's telling you what you don't want to hear like this is what you have to do you have to do the same thing over and over again and force yourself and through that it opens up a thing you have to you have to create a hardship to overcome the hero's journey what are we doing here three and a half maybe even more 
It all feels hard enough already. Fuck. Yeah. I still, I gave it a three. I told you I was on the verge of a three I'll, and a half. I'll change a little bit. I'll go from what I was going to give it a two and I'll give it a two and a half. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to pay a bill and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Wouldn't it be great if life came with an instruction manual, step-by-step guide on how to properly navigate life? Yes, it would. Unfortunately, we don't live in that world. Instead, we live in a world full of challenges that can leave you feeling unsure about yourself. And a therapist is trained to help you figure out what is causing challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. And when you develop better coping skills, you start to become the user manual that you wish you always had. Therapy can benefit you in many different ways, can teach you coping skills. Maybe you're dealing with a traumatic experience in your past. Maybe you want to be more self-empowered. Maybe you feel like you're not as forward as you'd like to be and you'd like to be uh, more assertive in your life. Well, a therapist can help you with all of that. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash J-R-E-E. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash J-R-E-E. Thank you so much to them for sponsoring the show. We're back. Thank you so much to BetterHelp. There will be a link in the description Please go and check them out if you think you need to talk to someone. Kamar, 1902, Danny Brown, Detroit's own. 190, Danny Brown, a victim of keeping it real. He's 19 years old? No, he said 1902, no. I thought he said he was 30. I thought his last album when he was 30. Oh, that was, yeah, okay, yeah. His next album is Keontae, which I think is for 40. I butchered that, obviously. His last album was XXXX. But you don't know a Danny Brown song. Uh, I know one. Grown, do. Grown yeah. Up. that Because the video. I know a bunch of Danny Brown songs. Grown Up, which sort of sounds like um, Can I Kick It? Yeah. I'm sure he's, boom, a, boom, boom, I'm sure he's boom, a great boom. artist and rapper. I have no. Wasn't judging him on that at all. You know who loves Danny Brown? Our IT guy. Brit. Is that right? Yeah, he loves Danny Brown. Still, to this day. Well, I don't know about still, but there was a point where he was like a massive Danny Brown fan. I've always just thought of more of a personality than like, I know he's a rapper, but he's just around. And Tom Segura took a leg to him and gave him a podcast. Might have been one of the best moments in JRE history when Joe Rogan's like, <laughs> he was like, first person shooters. And Danny Brown looks at him and goes, I think you gay. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Just right out there with it. Doesn't ever want to be invited back. I think you gay. Uh, I think if Danny Brown came out now in this, he'd be huge. Be massive. He'd be like Playboy Cardi. Be, like he was be saying. Crazy. He, he threw shade on Playboy Cardi. He didn't want to play a song because this was his show. That was the best. It was, it was, he was very honest and um, vulnerable in this episode. I'm pretty sure at the end he cried. 
I mean, the episode stunk either way. It was so bad. Just I knew when I saw a two hour and five minute play yeah. time. Oh, you I knew, knew right away. I was wrong. like, something, <laughs> something went wrong here. And then I heard him call him gay. And I was like, and there we have it. That's not why, though. That's not why you think. Well, just in, I don't think it was going that well. Like it just it, they couldn't have a conversation. D- d- listen, Danny, I don't know. Like, I don't listen to his podcast, but Joe does. He must not have any guests on his podcast because he has no idea how to have a conversation with somebody. I think he was try- j- trying his best to be humble. The real question is, did he play at the Greek in the cave that night? No way. You don't think? No. What about you? No way. It, it got ugly there when he was trying bits and Joe is this oh, it, reasonable premise. Oh, that was the worst. That, that was, was the Joe worst. Buzzkill. Well, technically, Danny, that's not how that works. So your bit falls apart. Well, like, I think more what he was saying is terrible yeah, t- bit. <laughs> think of something better. I'm trying not to insult you. You know, like Joe did everything he could in that episode because it was like off the rails from the second it started. This guy, he just wanted Joe's validation, which was weird. Like, because <clears throat> I think he just keeps doing whatever he falls into. I mean, I also think we're downplaying, like, you know, he mentioned that he was like, when I was on tour, I really got into podcasting. And it sounded like he really got into podcasting. So he might have been like a little starstruck as well, where like, this is the OG godfather. I don't think so. Cause I watched him on like uh, Kill Tony and stuff. He just. He's just crazy and he doesn't care that, well, like, that too, no yeah. filter. the show isn't rolling around him anymore. He's like stopping it. He's just, you, you know, he's just a personality, just, some sort of, I, I just don't see him as a rapper. I know he is a rapper. I don't think he's a bad rapper. Um, I mean, he's not a great rapper either. He's more, you know, it, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Who cares? Like I used to argue with people all day over who was one of the best lyricists and like, I realized after a while that I was like, almost all of the prolific, not almost, I'd say 50% of the most prolific rap artists were not great lyricists. Snoop Dogg, perfect example. Been around forever. Everyone everyone loves Snoop Dogg. You would never sit there and be like, you know, oh, Snoop is that like deep lyricist. You're just like, no, Snoop is Snoop and it's fun as fuck. Well, give me another one. Um, give you another rapper that's prolific that was not lyric driven. 50 Cent. No, very lyrical. Really? His this, this is the thing. His, the commercial shit that made him big wasn't like, I guess, wildly lyrical. No, but at all. If you go back to like his street shit, like Power of the Dollar was know. an album like around where he got shot. Like those mixtapes? Well, the mixtapes was like when he started popping. But I'm talking like before the big, like before he really popped off, he had an album called Power of the Dollar that was incredible. Super lyrical. He also had another mixtape called, uh, what the fuck, that rotten apple on it. Doesn't matter. He was very lyrical. What's Danny Brown's podcast like? I meant to try and give it a listen and just never got around to it, but he's just like, what is he talking about? Just things that have happened to him? I don't know. I haven't listened to it either. Is it him alone? That's also a good point. It's him alone, I believe. Yeah. No, like I, I, I really, he wasn't able to have a conversation with Joe. He would cut him off continuously. He was just, just trying to break off into totally random fucking places. He was trying to. He was. He was trying to act like he didn't deserve to be. Like he didn't think he deserved to be there, or that he was in that position. What? He, when they were talking about doing stand up, was like, well, I don't want to do that because people are going to think I'm um, jump up the ranks, like something I would say or whatever. But if you can do it, you can do it. Like he he shit on Brendan Schaub. 
Yeah. When Joe called Brendan Shop a good dresser. Yeah, he was like, he's stylish. No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they had gone forward with that. And, and I would be the happier fuck he for is. Danny Brown to figure out and get a skit together or whatever you want to call it. He really like, contradicted himself, too. He was like, I, I wanted to start a podcast, but like, I didn't want to start no garbage podcast. And then later on, he was like, I mean, you really got to be careful. You don't want to overproduce a podcast. And I was like, oh, Danny, what, what, like. He wanted to be a rapper, but he didn't really know what being a rapper meant and just started being a rapper. And I was a podcaster because. Well, um, I think, well, sorry, go ahead. No, no. put him on. I look at him almost like a Steve O. Steve O. Steve O. I think what he was saying was like, I'm a big rapper and I deserve more than an ill-produced podcast, which doesn't really make any sense no, because no. just because you're a rapper doesn't mean you're going to be a good I podcaster. I think he acknowledged he know? never wrote a hit. Like, if you look up his two top songs, say, on my music thing, it's uh, it's a collab with Eminem, uh, Lil Sean, like, it's a Detroit best, and then the next one's a song with Kendrick Lamar. But Danny Brown never wrote a hit, and, and it, it, he's great, like, but he just was underground, but never had one hit. You know, they say... Um, so, hold on. Grown Up has 74 million streams. That's his hit. Yeah. That was the third song after those two songs. When I look him up. I'm just saying 75 million. That's... Mariah Carey off her uh, All I Want for Christmas Is You makes $2.5 million a year. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. He, he never got his hit. There's people who are lesser than Danny Brown that wrote a hit that are more comfortable than Danny Brown. I, I submit. Would you agree? Well, I, sure. I don't know how you want me to check how much he's worth. No, I thought, I think that's what his frustration was. He just never was able to write a hit. Like a lot of people don't have hits and have, have careers in music or whatever. Yeah. Carol Smith didn't have a hit for like 20 years. Do you think he's going to end up being a comedian? I will we'll see how that night went, but um, he's worth four million dollars. If uh, if decent, he, if he does the deviled egg bit, that's gonna be funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after what Joe said, but I thought his Mario take was kind of funny. Uh, no, I thought it was I unfunny. I, did, I thought that was totally bits. unfunny. It was so like corny. First of all, how's Mario a rapist? He was saving the princess from it, a it giant lizard. If you've she no, wanted to be there. if you've ever played the game, she wasn't happy to be kidnapped, and its name was Koopa, King Koopa. Well, there was Bowser. He, he kept saying Cooper. It's not Cooper. It wasn't Cooper. It was never Cooper. <laughs> it was Koopa, K O O P A, and then Bowser, and then Bowser, but never King Cooper. You are correct, Simon. Never King oh, Cooper. Thank you. And Joe, who's never fucking played Mario in his life, didn't know that it wasn't King Cooper. Fucking Joe. Jamie never bothered to look it up because they just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> but he, he doesn't feel like he killed in a rap. I thought he was saying that he always wanted to make his own masterpiece and that the world never understood him. That was what, you know, like he was making amazing rap and sacrificing not having a lot of fans because he was making really good music. That was the impression I got. I think he's happy with what he does. He just doesn't think he's, I think he was in a weird place. Cause he's like, am I on Rogan? Cause I'm such an amazing rapper. 
and sort of like what a, what really uh, I'm doing this podcast. Uh, I'm not a comedian, but I'm Danny Brown. Like I've lived a crazy life and can talk reckless. I mean, he called Joe the N uh, word more than anyone ever has. Well, I think Freddie Gibbs, maybe. Well, I think Danny Brown took it down. Okay, maybe. I think Danny Brown took it down. But yeah, he didn't want to do comedy because he thought people, like it was that weird, I, I don't want to be good at it because then people will be mad at me. Like, you haven't even gone that far. Again, it felt like that was just kind of an excuse to not do it. It is, but then to... he's like, take everything that comes my way. Like he, he should have said no or not done it. Well, that's why I was asking if anybody had ever listened to his podcast, because I want to know, like, he, I want to know if he's talking about things that make sense on his podcast or if it's just like a giant fucking circle jerk, you know? Well, that's the hardest podcast to do. On your own? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Like, imagine. Information would be helpful. Yeah, it would be nice if somebody. He he was talking about how, for him... You know, not having huge monetary success, but working with Q-Tip was one of the highlights of his career. That sort of validation. I just be. He, I think he didn't want people to think he's on here because he's an amazing rapper and has sold all these records. Is that what you thought was happening? That's what I thought was happening. Hmm. Interesting. Like he's not trying to say he's the world world's greatest rapper, or maybe he was overlooked. I don't know. Listen, as a a fan of rap, he was not overlooked. He had success. It's very difficult. Rap is also very difficult. You have to decide, like he was saying, you have to decide, am I going the underground route? And he was a fan of underground. And if you are underground, you're not going to be massively financially successful. That's the choice you make. Unless you write that one hit. For someone else. For someone, Ghostwriter, yeah. Yeah, maybe. And even then, you're you're probably not going to get like paid like you think. I just, I don't know. I don't get it though. Like there are plenty of rappers and musicians out there who do their own thing, yeah, and are wildly successful. I think he just came up right before the time, and that's the problem. But what do you mean by wildly successful? Because we found out he's worth four million dollars. That makes tons of cash, like rolling around in private jets and shit. Well, a lot of that's a facade. He pissed a lot of it away, but I think he just came up just before you really could be independent and and just your own brand and everything so like how do you think he like hooked up with like tom segura and all those guys and tony Hinchcliffe? tom is a huge rap fan so i mean the connection there makes a little bit of sense tom is connected in the rap world dj premier cool g rap right like tom has a lot of hip-hop in so that's not that and then i can imagine tom being tom would probably spend like not that much time with danny brown laughing his ass off knowing that he's funny but that doesn't necessarily mean... That's why I wish I'd listen to the podcast. I'm going to listen to the podcast. I'll get back to you next week. To the Joe Rogan, uh, Danny Brown podcast? <laughs> no, that one I listened to, unfortunately. Uh, no, I'm going to listen to Danny Brown's podcast and see what the fuck's see going on. See what he's bringing on. to the yeah. table? He mentioned how TikTok has taken over music, which is pretty crazy. Like, almost all the pop music you hear starts on TikTok now. What does that In mean, starts on TikTok? Someone it puts out a clip, on the radio. it goes super popular, and then <laughs> the TikTok comes before the full length like, song. Like, nobody is getting famous for music on YouTube. That's not a... No, that still happens, for that sure. That still happens. YouTube is nice because it's turned into your, like, if you would, countdown 
Like there is a channel that just plays music videos and you feel like you're watching much music or MTV. No, but Simon, you're not going to get anywhere near like, okay, let's say I write a song that I think is great and I put it on YouTube. People have to go find that. If it's on a popular, like if, if you everyone just, starts using if you it. put it out there and license it out and, and a huge TikToker has it in their video and it gets 50 million views, that's driving a lot of traffic. Oh, to wait, what, is that what you're saying is happening? Like, yes. Somebody takes one of your songs and yes. uses it as a TikTok like hook. Uh-huh. Precisely. I thought you were saying music was released on TikTok. No. Like it's me, a, it's people are same. the same way Justin Bieber got famous. He released his music on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and then Usher saw it and then he became Yeah. That's different though. That's what I'm saying is it's way tougher well, to do that. It wasn't just Usher saw it. He became he had like millions of people watching him play that guitar and singing or whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, but Usher he was, was the one that went and got him and yeah, made him who he is. Yes, but maybe getting that many views would have made him famous anyways. We don't know. I'm pretty sure when Usher takes you under his wing, that's going to get you there. Forget Usher for a second. If it doesn't happen that way, if he never meets Usher, but he just gets famous off that clip on YouTube. What I'm what I'm telling you though is there's a million people that have have great voices and have had viral videos who have never become anything. So it's different when you have like someone in the industry who's that established saying this is the guy. Like how did everybody anybody even get TikTok found, is the new YouTube found before fucking American Idol, you know? People in clubs. You played in a club, yeah, someone saw people it. People talking about it. College radio. College radio is a big one, yeah. Um he and and Danny Brown came up right at that time where I think it was a parting too hard or whatever to pay attention to the budding social media world that was around him. Like he he's aware of what's going on. I always thought he was crazy. He's I like think a he is skinny crazy. old dirty bastard. I don't think so. <laughs> well that's you <laughs> excuse me, you bring up a great point, Kamar. Simon, there's a guy, um, You've probably never heard of. He's a rapper out of New York called, is it Nems? Nims? I know him, yep. What, big white guy? No, I don't know. Yeah, okay. He's out of Coney Island, and he has, like, such a huge following in Coney Island and in, like, New York. Um, but he's a hustler. Like, he's he's always pushing merch. He's always, and I think that's the difference, is, like, if Danny Brown had the wherewithal to, like, yeah, start a, have a huge social media presence or really push like merch or decide like you know you got to make hay while the sun is shining if you have a song that's got 75 million streams that's the time where you should be like exploring all avenues but again he was trying to be underground so that's what you get i think danny made his bed and he sleeps in it four million dollars like we've done this before i never want to be in a place where i'm like only four million and i'm sure he makes good money off his podcast it's on your mom's house like or on um yeah that's the network network, yeah your mom's house yeah, I hope I hope the best for him. I just think he should have said no to the. He, he he's a victim of just going with the flow and saying yes, and what a great victim to be where he's ended up. He's done well for himself. Yeah, yeah. I just thought the episode was like ridiculous. It was. I agree. Totally all over the place. When and... they played his song, we say that's a big no no, <laughs> unless you're Snoop Dogg. That was a moment. Did he play his song? Yeah, and then Joe had to contrive. Like, bop his head and say i love it i don't remember that part and it wasn't he didn't love as much as he loves us who's had santos but wait a second maybe that's the duo we never know danny brown and suzanne santo it could be i can guarantee you it's not that sounds like a fucking terrible project 
and maybe that's why it's the best. Maybe a little bit of resistance, and um, that's when Joe pitches the spot, and that's I think where you mean the conversation really fell apart because he just got fixated on this spot, and like oh five minutes, and trying to run back. He turned the end of the podcast into his writing session, and I still maintain the the Mario part was funny. Yeah, it just it just wasn't good. It just. Look, I don't want to shit on this guy. Doesn't matter though. You can't it shit. You can't good. shit on the birth of a bit, right? Because as we know from Joe, you got to build that bit up, right? So right now, the Mario bit sucks. Maybe six months from now, the Mario bit's a goddamn killer. And it seemed like it had some. You could take a side on that. It's not offensive, that's for sure. I might be crazy though. It feels a little bit outdated. A Mario joke. He's true yeah (laughs) i mean i don't want to be that guy but that's interesting and i think he somebody's got to check him on that king cooper stuff yeah for sure i mean yeah that might have been a bernstein bears in the black community it was king cooper Cooper. (laughs) a mandubla effect um he spotted in the it was mario van peebles and king and king Cooper. cooper He spotted in the uh, Denise Richards story where she got shot at, or someone shot that it was. But it was actually an OnlyFans only ad. Yeah, like he—he's he, what? He's not what crazy. was this? So the article they pulled up was that Denise Richards had her car had been shot at, but there was like a cute little one-liner in there about how her husband, who was also involved in this shooting, uh, he was like the main filmer of her OnlyFans, and Danny Brown was like, "This is just an article pushing her OnlyFans. It has nothing mm. to do with." The car being shot at. So you see, he is, he's, he knows what's going on. Exactly. So he's playing a part then. And then I don't care for that either. You know what I mean? I I would actually almost like it if he was just kind of really off the wall. I don't believe he's playing a part. I think Danny Brown is very authentic. I think that's who he is. Yeah. Just like too authentic. Oh, you either love him or hate him. Listen, people are polar. He's people a victim are- of keeping it real. That's what I said at the very beginning. But keeping it real, what does what exactly does that mean, Kamar? I think when he was younger, he partied more than he worked on like his music career. When keeping it real goes wrong, like Suzanne keeping it Summers. real to it's me like, is like being self aware. It's it's crazy. And I'm not sure most, if he the was most the most popular music on the planet is like rap music, sort yeah. of thug. Yeah, maybe even projecting negativity. Like, but his was comedy, rap, ish. More comic, comicish side of of ghetto lifestyle. Still drugs, whatever. I mean, um, debauchery. Yeah, think about it. And it's it. It was funny. The video I watched was funny. Bobby Schmurda was about to be signed to like a huge, huge deal off of his hit, and like the second line of that hit song. He admits to murdering someone, which they indicted him on. I'm not, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's just like, it, it, rap is the biggest music but in the what world. What does that say about our society? It's not great. It's what? weird, eh? It's totally wild. Well, we, that the most popular we, song in the world, or not the most popular, but one hot. of, like this huge hot song, literally the second line is it in it is, this is why I had to shoot, well, I think it's JJ, or whatever the fucking kid's street name is, but... Which is also insane, too. Imagine admitting to a murder on your hit song. We all try to be good, <laughs> Thinking, and then our uh, music is about depravity. It is really, really wild. But it's also weird. We've, we've spoken about this. We live in this can't, like, we live in a very sensitive cancel culture society, yet the biggest music in the world is, like, <laughs> the least positive. But we live when it was underground. 
legitimately like when you were 14 maybe you were six or seven there was a one half hour of rap on our national music channel yeah rap that, city. that was that was it and then the rest of the music world existed and rap was you'll never hear this and now it's the biggest it, it, I, I don't know what it i don't know what it means or what it says but it's it's wild it's ironic because when i was young i remember being like bullshit man like they don't play rap music at like uh, like sports games, it's never in commercials. Like, you know, it's not in video games. Like, rap got no love, and then slowly, like, I remember, like, oh wow, there's a rap song in this video game, or like, wow, they're they're playing a rap song at a hockey game, or and now it's just like it's fucking everywhere. It, like, it, rap is so fucking big. It was our Joe Rogan before Joe Rogan got big. What do you we, mean? Well, when you could listen to Joe Rogan and you say Joe Rogan, I was like, who, who who's that? What are you talking about? It didn't even matter. If you dropped it as a reference is why you're saying a point. No, it was a total counterculture thing. Especially if you were like a white suburban kid, your parent, like I remember my dad was just like, this is shit. They're just stealing from real artists. Like that was, are you talking he, about he Joe Rogan right. or rap rap? He was half right. Well, this the sampling. Maybe they're not stealing. They licensed it out, but can I give I you, I can see you looking like you think that song is that song. So I can listen. I understand where he was coming from. Can I tell you that? I think rap is the, like the best gateway to music. Truly and yeah, honestly, for sure, like, for sure. I I grew up listening to predominantly rap, and through rap, I have become so eclectic in my just because like Dilla sampled everything, Madlib sampled everything, and if you cared, you would find the sample, which I often did, and then that you'd be like, oh, this song's incredible as well. And I don't see how that was a negative. Like my dad never got it. I get that, but for me, like I remember my neighbor once. She she popped over the fence and was like, you have like really interesting taste in music. For someone your age, and I was like, "Yeah, rap," and she was like, "Okay," because of the samples and, and the sharing and the inspiration and the repetition. But I find I hear rap songs now that are samples of rap songs. That's always the best. Where where before it was, uh, rap song was a sample of a James Brown song, Steve Miller, or yeah. or, what, or Leonard Skinner, or, or whatever. Like I, I always liked even what Diddy did. I always like those remixes of a, of a, a rap like, song, yeah, yeah, all like purpose, Zeppelin. not sneaky. Then it turns out it was all of. The Beastie Boys. Yeah. was all Zeppelin. Oh, we what was the one that Diddy did? Cashmere. About, no, about uh, Biggie. What, what song was that? Oh, Every Step I Take. Yeah. Every breath you the take. Police. Yeah. I'll be missing yeah. you. We are lucky that we're just too old for VR. We're lucky. I mean, yeah. We don't have enough years left to spend in, in, in VR. Guaranteed, listen. To adopt it as their own, but someone young will come into it thinking it's all right. If I'm 90 and living alone, I am going to be in VR fucking 20-year-olds religiously. Like, they will not be able to get that thing off of my head. You're not going to be power washing a vehicle? Oh, I'll do that when, I, when I'm when i done jerking off. Literally, as soon as they figure out a less cumbersome goggle. They will. They will have everybody. If it's just a pair of glasses that you have to put on that are like sunglasses, they will have everybody. Well, why wouldn't you? Think about it like this. Why wouldn't you? Imagine watching Survivor, but you're on the beach. Yeah. Way well, better. Why wouldn't you is the whole thing. Like now you don't because it's a hassle. And as soon as it's not a hassle anymore, and then take it one step further no, because as soon as they want you to implant something, that's when people are going to take a stance, you know? But if it's just like a monocle. I told you to imagine, imagine watching the UFC, but they have 
uh, a virtual 3D camera on Herb Dean. So that's the seat. That's the view you have is Herb Dean. So you look forward to this and hope to embrace it. I'm saying right now, there's absolutely nothing close for me that would make me be like, I want to get involved in this. It would have to. It would. Ha- you have to get by the uncanny valley. You know, if it like, could, if it could be, once if, they figure it out, everyone. If will it could do be it. contact lenses, like earbuds or earbuds, could yeah. you see yourself trying it out? Yeah, it would be like that Black Mirror episode. I don't have a fucking assignment where we'd be playing Street Fighter. Next thing you know, we're fucking in the game. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're that is yeah, next thing you know, the next thing you know, the contacts are off and we're having sex in real that life. That is yeah. such a fucked up episode, it's man. It's like way one. too close to home. <laughs> Just eerily way too close to home. you guys thought home. about doing it once we were playing video games? <laughs> is no, there a, we've done it once, Mike. <laughs> is there a lower? But every time we play video yeah, games, every loss resulted. <laughs> is, there, is there a lower ranked prostitute than the lot lizard? Um, like the the truck that's you're the talking trucker like the, yeah. prostitute. That's pretty bad. Let's think about it for a second. Is there a lower? Yeah, I'm sure the Skid the Row lot? prostitute. That's got to be like pretty bad. That's got to be the worst. But the trucker, the lot lizard. That's pretty bad, man. You, there's a lot of murders that happen per pickup. Like that's got to be yeah, a, a dice roll every time. You I'm know, gonna, I'm gonna retract that. I mean, I would assume that being a prostitute is a roll of the dice, unless you're a high class escort. For sure, I imagine there are places that are more dangerous than others, and for some reason, truckers seem to me like uh, it's off in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? These truck stops. There's well, that's on you. No one told you you had to be a lot lizard to truck stop. No, we're just talking about what's more dangerous. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Actually, I think the lot lizard is. Well, no, the Skid, skid Row, Row, dude. Are you nuts? That's way worse. You know what's a real dangerous one is the um, uh, lumberjack camp prostitute. That's not good. Anywhere where you're going, Simon does like remoteness. Just, where it's all guys and it's remote. Yeah, that's never going to be a good situation. No, that's it. You're done. Went well, from Danny Brown to Lot Lizard. Rant. Uh, <laughs> done with that rant. They talked about how there's a video game where you can start your own cult. I haven't seen that one. Fun. So it sounds like a good idea. Sounds like fun. But it's happening already. People do build their own cults. Yeah. Andrew Tate. Logan Paul. I th- I don't think Joe Rogan I mean, is guilty of that. Not so much Logan Paul. Logan Paul is a guy and people like what he does. I guess you're right with the crypto and the that because no, they've. But before. Andrew Tate has literally written out a doctrine that his followers are to subscribe to. Mm, like that's culty. That's culty, man. That's culty. And, and then charging them unbelievable extra fees for extra courses. It's culty. culty. It's Trump University. Fucking all their girlfriends and wives. The Kardashians Culty. are a cult. I mean, again, it's not quite the same thing, but. I think you can like see a data on them advertising a makeup and their engagement on social media. Like what they say where this. Well, what's the definition follows. of a cult? And then we can see not if occult. we agree. The cult. A yeah. cult. cult. <laughs> not a cult. cult. Not a cult. This is what I was thinking about with... Um... A system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. Hmm. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Interesting. 
a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. So that one is the, the, the third definition is the one you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Cult of personality. Cult of personality. With yeah. all this trying to save the planet. Yeah. What if they came out and said, we've got to stop wearing makeup. Oof. You'd see the pushback that you see from people who need gas or whatever. Cause Makeup is definitely a from first from women from is a first world luxury. That's interesting. And no first more world makeup. Is, but all the little plastic things they make it of, and some makeup I'm sure is biodegradable. You see some pushback there. You, can, you can't just save the planet. You got to save the face. Um, it's true. Even even some of the most staunch environmentals will be like, "Come on, I mean, we're not." Like makeup, really? I mean, lipstick goes a long way. <laughs> well, already in the making of makeup, they do horrible things to animals. We know this through like the rabbits they use. But if you just tie it into, if, if we start wearing makeup, we could uh, cool the planet the Earth a third of a, a degree. Well, then I think people would do it. I don't think so. No? Makeup is too important? I think so. You might be right. What I think it's a sacred cow. Makeup is a sacred cow. Interesting. And and makeup uses a lot of oil too. I'm sure they could make natural makeup. It would just cost more. Exactly. Right? Uh he, he what he said is I I love making music, but I think that says everything about Danny Brown. Like he just he just fell into rapping, was good enough at it, started doing it. See, I think he said at one point he got more debt from music. And he, he would have been better off if he didn't do music, but he lived his life. He's blamed personality, fate, the muse, whatever well, uh, brought him. Sorry. No, go ahead. Brought him into Tom Segura's purview. Tom, Tom and Christina love him. Put him on. Joe gets wind of him that way. Cause he's been on the skanks. He's been, uh, he's just been around. And I thought he sort of was doing the Stevie Stevio thing, but it's just, it's fall. Everything's falling into him. And he's got, uh, Push through the resistance. I think he could be a funny stand-up comedian, more so than Brenda Schaub, coming from the, like the same place. Well, Danny Brown was funny before. I think he has a way better chance at being successful. Than this is it. I mean, Brendan I I, Schaub I pause because I just shit on Schaub for no reason, but so did Danny because Danny was a fashionista. Talk about like even though you're broke, you'd still wear a Versace shirt to that weird Armani thing exchange projecting yourself to the school. I I, I know I've paid a hundred dollars for a pair of jeans. And like walked around thinking everyone's looking at my new jeans, but to everyone else in Virginia going, they're new, they're they're just a pair of jeans. He's had those jeans for five years or whatever. The first time where I'm like, everyone's noticing my new pants and they they are not, but you I told Simon I spent three hundred dollars on jeans and I thought he was never gonna speak to me again. On a jean? Yeah. A pair of jeans. Yeah. Sorry, it was like two seventy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Simon on this one. What's going on? I had won a bunch of money. It wasn't like I worked my ass off and spent hard I, earned. I money. want to know if I could tell. No, that's that's even crazier. You know how you could definitely not tell because he doesn't wear the jeans anymore. No, I wear they them were a terrible, lot. and they were no, too no, no. stiff. No, no, they are. No, you no, know when people buy like raw umber, or whatever. Not raw umber. Um, These are really good jeans. Raw denim. Yeah, they're not raw denim. Like, and then you can wear them once. It's like, example, you know those uh, Red Wing boots? Yeah. So I bought a pair of Red Wing boots about, I don't know, maybe nine years ago. Yeah. I still can't wear They still hurt my feet. Like, you got to really be Come willing in. to be cool and uncomfortable to wear some shit. So know? these are not them. These jeans are great. The weird thing was when I bought them. There's what a, kind of jeans are they? Nudie. 
nudie. Nudie jeans, yeah. They come with a... They, Fancy. Dude, they come with a fucking pamphlet that's like, don't wash these. You like, wash them after like 15 wears. And if you need to wash them, if you feel like they're just kind of dirty, just leave them out in the sun. Dan, that's what it said. I was like, what? Dan Levi, the the Levi guy. Yeah. I don't think that's his real name, but... Uh, I like it. Um, he says that you should only wash your jeans every 20 wears. Yeah. So that's what if what if you what if you shit in the way? Yeah, was, yeah. The well, cause. that was wear number two. <laughs> to the yeah. Wear number two was through a manure field, <laughs> yeah. but he said twenty. Eighteen to go. He said yeah. twenty. I've shit myself twice in the last fifteen wears. Wait till they fit. Listen, though. I have nothing at all against Danny Brown. He seems like a nice guy. I just think uh, podcasters have to be careful when they start like equating themselves to comedians. Those guys are doing something totally different. Just yeah. because you're making people laugh on a podcast does not make you a comedian. That would be like me saying I'm a comedian. That's silly. You know what I mean? Hold on, though. Just in, because I write half a Kamar's jokes doesn't mean I'm a comedian. In his defense, if you have a one-man show, a one-man podcast that people find funny, there's a good chance you'll be able to transition that to a stand-up career. Am I wrong? I mean, I guess no. You're it's you're closer there than doing a like if a interview podcast. Well, yeah, sure. but even then, like if like the three of us sitting here, I can't I can't justify like oh I occasionally get a laugh, so I'm a comedian. Whereas Danny Brown, like if you have a popular one man podcast, no, that's I meant still to be don't funny. think he's okay. a comedian. I, think I didn't say he's, he's a comedian. I said it gives you, you the groundwork. Stevie O's a comedian. Yeah, I he, I would have to watch his new show, but look, obviously his he's a comedian, his yes. jokes were not good enough to stand on their own, and he needed to bring in his circusy act to it. That's not saying that Stevo isn't a funny guy, but that's like, I don't know. I think I think if he was a comedian, comedian, he would have just done that. You know, obviously, the easy thing for him to draw on would be like to get from. Literally work up to it. I'm not saying he could do it right off the beginning, but sort of a, uh, an hour or 45 minute presentation or skit or whatever you want about how he got from rapping to telling jokes on stage. And that'd be the final punchline. That'd be what I think he would go after instead of all his stuff was pretty observational. Devil eggs or this or Mayor Brothers, but yeah, he needs to write jokes about his life as I opposed so. to like Seinfeld type, uh, yeah, some people are just better storytellers. You don't have to be a Mitch Hedberg. But he just, was doing all observational stuff, and it just sort of it's it's hard to do that to one person when it's untried and sort of you're questioning and there. So yeah, I get where you're going with this, but I don't think that's funny. And I think you have to be no matter what you are, podcaster, comedian, somebody who's on the air. You got to be self aware enough to know, even if your shtick is like to be over the top. You have to know when you have to acquiesce to the other person for the good of the podcast, you know? Yeah. Uh, or yeah. the show or whatever it is, because otherwise, like, you just become the center of attention for no reason. And I don't know. You just got to be careful, man. It's not easy podcasting. This podcast thing, it ain't easy. Well, it's not easy doing it. Look, you would think being the host or the guest on Kill Tony would be easy. But there's something to it, too, you know? Like, lots of those people suck at that. <clears throat> I don't yeah, think that would be easy. If you're there for an hour and a half, you should probably only talk for two, three minutes. Yeah. I kill Tony, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Or, or whatever the situation is where you're... It's not about... It's not about you. No, that's, you're a guest. That's why... Or hosting is not about you as well. 
That's why I like hosting. Interesting. It's the same thing. You sort of, well, at the beginning you have to talk, but then you don't have to talk. You just. Yeah. Reassuring. The worst hosts are the ones who think it's about them. Exactly. Yeah. That is the worst host. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought when he was breaking down how rap works, it was pretty uh, interesting because he's just did a did it 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 bars yeah exactly bars they're they're like it's it's poetry they're stanzas or whatever all songwriters like that cool but it's it's like you rap is five limericks together sort of but most songs are like think about a bill withers song there's if you really broke down a bill withers song but with rap the rhyming is way more important of course, or, yeah. Or, 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 or it's it's it is the whole thing. You said that, but you rhymed your way to say it. it yeah. is what makes rap cool. Well, and on the it, double entendres and the play on words, yeah. And that's what he he didn't make up a rap on the spot, but he just broke it down to what it is. And I'm not saying it could have been a rapper, but if I want to be a rapper and I'm six years old, if you could, this is what you have to do. Like these are the parameters you're working in. You can say whatever you want, but this has got to match up with this. I thought it was just a technical view at it, which showed again. I thought he was keeping it real. He was just overwhelmed by his falling into opportunity. I have no problem with Danny Brown. I just thought the episode stunk and Joe agreed. That's why after two hours, Joe was yeah, like, all right, he I, uh, he he did the look at the it. watch and left. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad guy. I just. I love Danny Brown. Again, he's great. I wish him all the success in the world. Uh, yeah, Sometimes I, it's cool to be cool, you know? Yeah, man, be cool. I just Act I just, like you've been there before. It, it was. It was. I thought it was better than the Sean O'Malley. I didn't listen to that one because I knew that was going to no, stink. No, the Sean O'Malley was way better. He came off way better. But he, he, Danny Brown told more stories and just oh I got yeah, to know who Danny Brown was sure hardly though if because they so many of them the whole were. Time, they talked about fighting a bit. Like they, I'd like to hear Danny Brown's opinion on aliens. I never came up. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Because they got too bogged down with whether he should do comedy or not. And, like, he wanted Joe to, like, um, what's the word? Uh, like, support him, I guess. He was looking for validation. He was looking for Joe to take away the resistance. And being on the show should have been validation enough. I don't think Joe is bringing him on unless he thought he was, like you were saying, good or funny or something in some way look if you've listened to enough joe he's said it a million times i only bring people on that there's people kicking in his door to get on the show Oh, to see the lists to know to know listen as someone who used to get a small sample size of people trying to get on joe's show it was a lot and i mean a lot so yeah i can you know whatever I give this one. Uh, How do you think? I'm sorry. Just no. one last thing. How do you think like uh, Rob Deerdeck ends up on these shows? Is he like, se- he wasn't selling anything. He was just. Well, those guys would have been prime Rob Deerdeck fans. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. So, okay, sure. That's a good point. If you grew up like Joe probably didn't grow up watching Joe's the fun factory. Yeah. Just on the other side. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's aware of though. He knows who Rob is for sure. Sometimes I wonder what the hell Joe's aware of and what he's not aware of. You know what I mean? He's aware of the fun. He's aware of Rob. If Deerdeck. Rob isn't out there like rolling or hunting elk or, you know, does he really fall into his purview at any point? Does someplace Joe's going to see him? I'm I'm still waiting for El Presidente. That'll be it. I mean, it all falls apart. El Presidente. You're Dave talking Portnoy. about Portnoy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it all falls apart. 
I mean, in regards to this podcast, when you got your Chappelle. You, after you that, speak it fell in apart. A way, you used to speak in this way about Chappelle. What do you think? Because we wish we'd have. Well, we'll never have this guy. Da, 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 Here, da. we're going to veer way off topic for a second, okay? But it was. I give it a, a three. I like short Brown. episode, anyways. Um, why? I want honest. Think about it for a second. Why do you think Bobby Lee has not been on Joe Rogan? What is happening there? Because they've both said independently that they want the other person on there. And that they Bobby's too afraid love to Bobby the other does, Bobby person. doesn't want to go on. Bobby does not want to go on. <clears> I don't think so. what's happening. I don't think Bobby wants to go on. I heard a theory that Bobby is secretly angry at Joe because oh. Joe, um, you know, at the beginning when Joe uh, made that movie about what's his name? Carlos Mencia. Okay. Oh, and Bobby Lee and him were tight. And Carlos and Bobby were super tight. And in that video, he kind of makes Bobby say that he stole jokes and his real name wasn't Carlos Mencia. It was like a... And then I think he asked Joe not to air that part and Joe aired it anyways. And that caused... Uh, I think it was Brian, but... He's been holding a <laughs> grudge ever since. That's interesting. Brian what? Oh, who Brian released out? the video. Well, again, it was under Joe's... Uh, but what do you think about that? It, or is that possible? You Sidebar think? to yeah. that, my roommate just went, returned from a cruise and I stopped off in Miami and he went to a comedy club there and he saw Carlos Mencia headline. Wow. Shut up. Yeah. What comedy club? Like the Miami Improv. No way. Interesting. Crazy. You think you think whose you, jokes was he doing? <laughs> I didn't. I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think my uh, roommate knew, but. Well, all I'm saying is you think what you knew, Carlos Mencia has been running out of town, works at a gas station, changes <laughs> he, the name to He Hector. was doing jokes about using your roommate's soap? Yes, something about that. <laughs> it's one of Kamara's Hilarious. jokes. Hilarious. Um, but he's still going. Comedy, and bing, bang, boom. Bobby is weird like that. It doesn't sound crazy. Or do you think that he doesn't want to, no, because Bobby talks about everything. So. I think if he, yeah. if he was honestly selling something, he would want to go. No, maybe. that's what he says. That He says, I don't want to use it until I yeah. need to that, have that. something to show. No, that. that's bullshit. People go on to Joe's thing it's true. five, six, seven, ten times. They don't Danny always Brown's need something to sell. I said, I sell. wish I had something to sell right now. Come watch my podcast. Like he, he could go on, he could go on tomorrow and then go on when he had something to sell. Joe has people on within like three weeks of each other sometimes. You but know? it's a weird fuck. It's weird to say I have nothing to sell. You have multiple podcasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're trying to boost your podcast. Sell bad friends. For sell tiger, tiger belly. belly. What are you doing? Like I'm sure he has another one. They all sell merch. You're always looking for new viewers. You're always new looking listeners. for new viewers. You have everything to sell. You have shows, shows coming up somewhere. Coming up. Yeah. Like, like the idea that he has nothing to sell it's is obscene. Crazy. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Your job is to sell yourself. You so, are a personality. So what is going on there? What is going on? I honestly I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't answer. Yeah, there's something happening. But do you feel you want Bobby Lee to be on? Yes, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see what happens. Interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think Bobby. Would you rather be... Bobby Lee or Andy Dick? Uh, Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee. Andy Dick's been on. Andy Dick's going to pull his penis out and no one needs but that. But I would, I, I would also like to see Andy Dick on there. That would be very funny. 
Like, there's just people who can't be serious. We Andy pretty, Dick is one of and them. Bobby Lee is sort of one of them as well. No, Bobby Lee does Tiger Belly. He's almost totally serious. Like, it's a much he, more serious I think he's podcast. always trying to be silly. You know who's dead and would have been the best fucking guest? Phil Hartman. Oh, yes. Hartman would have been amazing. He would have been like the quintessential tying the SNL stuff. Joe Rogan guest. He would have been Tom Papa. Like his voices. You know what I mean? He would have. Well, Joe. It would they have, been, have the tie-in with yeah, the show. Yeah, it would have been the comfortable it's, together. Yeah. He, would he would have been, would have been the been fucking best. Him and uh, Patrice. They would have both been great. Uh, Joe Rogan. Guests. Well, what dawned on me though is Patrice. I don't know if he would have been because he would have been so jealous of Joe's success. Like that was Patrice. Patrice was the Except kind of guy. Maybe he would add. A he huge went on Mark podcast, podcast at that time. Patrice did. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Maddie, okay, yeah. maybe he would have had his own huge podcast by that point. He'd sucked so. it up by that point. Hold on. Mark Marin was a performing comedian in the Kinnison day. I guess Joe was too. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. Uh, Patrice and Mark Marin would not get together today, I don't think. Probably not. I no. not agree. Patrice is dead. Yes. Rest in peace. Rest of power. All right. Well, that's an episode, right? We, we rated it. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Bobby. Somewhere. Excellent. We did some extra. Okay. Thank you guys for watching. If you made it this far incredible great work on you you're the real superstars maybe you're willing to go a step further we have a patreon it's patreon.com slash jree podcast if you want to support the show you can do so for as little as five dollars a month for that five dollars you get the post show it's the show of the show we shoot the shit you'll also get old and new episodes of this won't age well the show where we go back listen to new episodes and do what we do here on the normal show and uh there's a youtube if you want to watch clips youtube.com slash jree podcast hit that subscribe button Help us uh, pay for this bad boy. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great week. We hope you enjoy your weekend. And as usual, keep your eyes open.